One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy. And also, we've got a very special guest today. One of the best players in the world. Almost needs no introduction. Tommy Fleetwood. Give me, give me an introduction anyway. Oh, how do we start? From No, I don't. I don't like it. Let's just leave it. Five-time European no, tour. I was going to go. I was going to, yeah. Guys has to get his phone out. <laughs> Wikipedia.com. <laughs> how would you introduce yourself? What uh, do you, hi, I'm Tommy. Is that it? You nice just, you nice to meet you. Do you not even need a surname? Um, I just wouldn't give a surname if, I, like, I don't know. Do, do people normally give a surname? Do you Would you say strange? hi, I'm Rick Shields? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. I'd say why is he? Yeah, then he says subscribe. I'd, I'd, I'd be like, why is he giving me his full name? <laughs> just so you really know I'm, who I am. I'm not going to call you Rick Shields. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, when you go to a golf course or you're playing a pro am, do you find yourself like you obviously are politely introduce yourself to playing partners? <laughs> but how many times is say, oh, no, you are. Is that quite a common um, response? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I'd probably, um, I'd say you go through a mix of uh, sometimes you either, you take like a look that you get and then think, yeah, I'll just say hi. Or sometimes <laughs> I'll say hi, Tommy, nice to meet you. But yeah, you get, you get that a few times, I guess. You must presume every golfer on the planet knows who you uh, are. I won't say on the planet. I would say uh, maybe in Southport, I might have a good <laughs> chance of people uh, knowing who I am. Well, today we are actually down here at one of my favourite places, JCB yes. Golf and Country Club, because we uh, had planned to film a video today, which, fingers crossed, we still get chance to do, but we swapped the order of the day. We mm. were going to be out on the golf course right now doing a little challenge, a fun challenge, me versus Tommy Fleetwood. However, see, I call you Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, it's just weird. Full name. Um, however, it started snowing last night. So there's a bit of snow on there's, the ground. Yeah, there's uh, serious thawing that needs to be uh, <laughs> that needs to be going on right now, but I'm sure we'll get some cool stuff done anyway. That'll be. We, we could go and play ski golf down the 17th at that mad par three. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, we could make some kind of triathlon. <laughs> like, they can know we might win. The new winter golf Rick's triathlon. been running recently, haven't you, on a video. We had a speed golf video and Rick's running technique got a little bit of criticism. So he's changed it and you've, you now run a lot more, um, I don't uh, say mas mad. masculine, but more masculine. <laughs> masculine. I, was, yeah, I, was a I, was a I didn't realise my running technique until you f somebody films it. Yeah, and I'm like, oh maybe. God, I, yeah, I actually run like that. need to work on that. I run like um, Sterling. Yeah, little T Rex. <laughs> if you run as fast as him and for as long as him, you're good. Um, but yeah, imagine if you were the person like you leave your legacy and you got golf into the Winter Olympics. That'd be, yeah. Yeah. See. Who knows? See? There's one sport that, we, that a guest recently trying to get into the Olympics, and that is speed golf. What's, what's your fastest ever round of golf, do you reckon? Um, 
I played uh, in tournament. I played first out on a Sunday at Wentworth on my own one year, and um, I think it was like two hours thirty seven. But I, you have to realize I was in the trees all day, so like <laughs> it, you know, like if you sort of go ratio of golf shots to time, it was probably decent. We took a lad round St Anzold Links a couple of weeks ago. Eighteen holes. He did it in forty three minutes. Good lad. Aston it. What did he shoot? Eighties. Did he? High eighties. And still did it. In and he missed a lot of little putts, didn't he? Putting really, really yeah, frustrating. So like he could have knocked some time off oh, his score yeah. there. Anyway, what's the world record for that? But do you know what? Actually, <laughs> it's this is ridiculous. Okay. So I thought forty three minutes is pretty fast. Okay. Forty three minutes is very fast. Yeah. The world record, which was set in nineteen eighty seven, was it on a really short golf course though? The golf course has to be six thousand yards. Okay. So, so I'm guessing this was six thousand six thousand one yard. Yeah. <laughs> right. And all downhill. Yeah. He did it in twenty seven minutes. Yeah, I like that. That's ridiculous. Twenty seven minutes is fast. That is ridiculous. Twenty seven minutes. I, have I no can't. Idea it doesn't, how he's done that, doesn't say what you shot, but you've got to be playing well if you're going to play that fast. Well, yeah, you've not shot ninety, have you? <laughs> no. no. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, weird introduction to the podcast. Which, that's the best. And was that way. an introduction? That was kind of it. Well, we've got a little bit of a more formal introduction, but okay. we obviously are honoured to have Tommy on the podcast today. So I should go with the Tommy. I don't throw in the Fleetwood. That was better. Yeah. Or first name terms. Anyway, it'll be Tom by the end of this. <laughs> yeah, me. Fam- me parents call me Tom. They've called me Tom all my life. Yeah. yeah. When did Tommy kick in? I just entered golf tournaments as Tommy. Did you? Like an, yeah. al- like an alias? Like an alias, yeah, like an alter ego. Really? No, no. <laughs> uh, but I did, uh, my parents call me Tom, and Chris and Thomas. Um, everybody else calls me Tommy. Did that start from school, do you reckon, then? Yeah, maybe, yeah. I think I was a Tommy at school, maybe. That's quite good, yeah. My middle name's Thomas. So, so there you go. You've just got my life story. Yeah, I might, be a little, I might be a Tommy going forward. Right, so we've got some questions for you, Tommy. We've got like nine questions just to kind of get you into the podcast, but we're already flowing anyway, but we're going to do them regardless. So the kind of either or answers, but if you want to elaborate, feel free. First one, <laughs> nine holes or range? It would depend on the day. Uh, probably... If you had a choice, you can only if, do if, one. If I had a choice and I can only do one, uh, I would uh, nine holes. Yeah, yeah. I never trust someone when they say range. I feel yeah, like I think that's mm. a popular I'd, choice. I'd, I do enjoy it in balls a lot, though. Yeah, but I would if I flushed it. Like, <laughs> it's not yeah. for me. Know like, it's very I, well. I, 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 I do. Uh, I mean, like I would hit a lot more shots. I, I do enjoy it in balls on a range. It's it's a close one. Do you still enjoy going out just playing nine holes and just having fun? Like, do you find that as fun still? Uh, I almost enjoy that more, yeah. Really? Doing tournaments? Uh, golf is still, like, one of my favourite things, if not my favourite thing to do. So if I go out and play with my kids or play with mates, um, I will quite happily shoot 100 and, you know, not be bothered. And, yeah. um It's, you know, it's um, always a tough combination of, like, you know, always enjoying and living the life that you love while being ultra competitive and always trying to get better all the time and, you know, critiquing what you do. So it's like, there's always like a fine balance, but playing when there's nothing on the line and I can just enjoy it, I'd, I'd love, yeah. I, it's this, I believe there's some golfers out there, and I'm sure if Molinari was one, you'll obviously know much better than we do, who don't actually enjoy golf out of tournament play. Is there some golfers yeah, out there like a that? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot that are like that. I think they just um, they obviously thrive in competition and they um, they love that side of it, which I, which I do too. Um, but I I've, I've just always grown up playing the game. I have so many friends that play, and, and yeah, my kids you know play the game now, and I just um, 
I, I love it in golf shots. I love learning new things. I love trying new things and like being able to do it when a mistake isn't going to cost you something. I I get I get a kick out of it. I re- I really enjoy it. So like I'm um you know I enjoy both. But there are there are people that just you know live for the competition. They love um playing in tournaments and everything. And and to be fair, you know when you're done, you kind of like you know, you can be exhausted after mm. playing three weeks on a road. Mm. Like, you know, what, you know, go out and play. You think, what's the point? What am I going to go and play for? Like, just to, and I can see why people feel like that. But um, no, I'm, you know, I, I love it all. That's good. good to hear it. Netflix or YouTube? Do you have a Netflix show? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> it's YouTube then. Oh, thanks. Oh, <laughs> guy. Um, yeah. I th- I ne- think Netflix you- though for me. <laughs> I guess if you're on the road a lot, you've got to like you've got you must watch so many series of. Uh, I do, yeah, Netflix is like a a good. Um, I, I've watched less series than a lot of people. I like reading, um, but Netflix is great. Like I love you know getting into something. Squid like, Game. I haven't watched it now. I haven't watched much recently, so don't like Breaking Bad. Don't, don't judge me like right now. You watch Breaking don't Bad. Judge you right that was good. Um, <laughs> t- hard one. Well, easy for me, but might be hard if you Tiger or Jack. Tiger. Easy as that. I've got a question. I was going to wait. <laughs> I know what you're going to ask. Have you got Tiger's phone number in your phone? <laughs> Should I call him now? Have you actually got no, his number? I don't have his number. Oh. No. Is it cool spending time with him? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, some of my uh, best, like, sort of moments on a golf course, like, obviously involve him where I've played, um, like, I played with him, I got drawn with him, when he returned to the Masters in 2018 after a bit of time out. That you, got, was, you got to play Thursday and Friday with him. Yeah, which was um, amazing. And that, that year in particular, was it that year or was it, which was the year where he won at Eastlake? Was it 19 or Well, he 18? won he won the Masters in 19. So it's 18 when he won at Eastlake. Yeah. And, and that year in particular, I got drawn quite a lot with him. Um, especially in like throughout August, we played a lot because at the time... Uh, you get to the FedEx playoffs and it goes in the order of what the rankings are. And we were like next to each other for a few weeks in a row. So then I ended up playing with him a lot. I played with him that first round in Eastlake when he um, won the tournament. And I you know, played with him on the Thursday and he played amazing. And like um, that was where you sort of get, for, for us that you know weren't around playing when he was in his pump, you sort of get an idea of, of you know, what Tiger Woods is all about. And, um, you know, talking to him down fairways and stuff. I played him three times in the Ryder Cup that year. Oh um, you know, you're playing Tiger in a Ryder Cup. Um, and then the following year, played with him. Uh, well, I know I know I played with him in Japan because he won there as well. You're a good luck charm for him, basically. Yeah, he just doesn't seem to have hired me yet for, you know, playing <laughs> playing with him full time. So I'll, I'll wait. Imagine if a tall pro quits to come Tiger's caddy. <laughs> It's an option. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's mad though, Todd? I think we're like pretty much exactly the same age. I grew up obviously adoring Tiger. You look older than me. So I think of a good comeback to that. I've not really got one. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. keeping out of this. Um, but I looked at a stat the other day I saw on Twitter and it was the world ranking from the year 2000 and it had like Tiger's like, actual tournament record. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it, it was, loads. I think it was 20 it's, wins it's or 19 wins. Like, everything was top five. I was nine turning 10 in 2000. So obviously I vaguely, I remember it to some degree. I'm almost 
annoyed that I wasn't a bit older and I could actually s- imagine somebody now winning like 19 yeah, whatever. I haven't told you was it, well, was it 19 I, I, in the season I think, no, um, 19. you didn't win 19 in the season say, no but that would, that would be hell like, of a step um, I think um, the one that the one that always gets me is I um, you know you look at guys at the moment like Dustin or Rory who are you know the you know the, the best of our generation really at, at the moment and major winners and everything and, and I know Rory was in Vegas a few weeks ago when he won his 20th event yep. on the PJ Tour and there was a big thing made out about it and I mean Rory's young he's 32 and he's an amazing talent he's going to win a lot more but you know 20 wins was like you know, it was like a, a big thing and um, there's been a few documentaries on Tiger recently and obviously watched them all um, but there was one uh, I can't remember which documentary it was in but um, he's holding up a trophy say whatever it is WGC Buick USPGA whatever yeah. it is and it was win number 70, and he was 30. Oh, my and, God. Um, like, that that to me, when I was watching it, I was like, it, it kind of blows your mind when you think of, like, Rory puts it in perspective there. Yeah. He's, you know, yeah. he's the best, you know, arguably, um, right now, and he's won 20 times, and there's only him, DJ, and not even a handful of others that have won 20 times that are currently playing. Tiger won seventy at thirty, which is like it was ten that season. By the not, I don't know, got twenty from, but that's like yeah, he's absolutely. Well, you were close at least. I was halfway there. Yeah. Um, okay. Is next he the, it, quick one then. Is he the best player you've played with? You reckon Tiger? Yeah. Yeah. The um, the round he played in Japan in the first round uh, was the best round of golf I've ever watched. Really, he bogeyed the first three holes and then shot. I think he shot six under, but it was I think the. You know, he was leading after day one and it was a really tough course and he was three over through three. And, um, like, I, I, I tell the story loads because, you know, people ask quite a lot is what is the best rider you've ever seen or who's the best player you've ever seen. And it's shot after shot that was perfect. And, um, you know, I was playing, having one of those days where I'm kind of, like, playing distinctly average, like I'm sort of grafting away to be around par or one over. At the end of the day, he taps in for his... 66 nine birdies in his last 15 and cruised to it and I shook his hand and I, and I said uh, that was really good today Tiger and he looked at me and he winked and he went how about that huh <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I was like he knows it was good and I thought he knows he's played well there this must be that must be very very good so that was cool that's really that yeah. is so cool oh. I've not heard that story before it's a really cool one and the fact he bogeyed the first three as well oh and I mean like he hit a drive on the second all the day that I mean like an 18 handicapper would be shocked with it. Like oh my he hit God. this like duck hook off his second hole and, and uh Finno was like he wasn't even watching. I was like, Did you just see that? <laughs> and, that just um, and then sixteen hours later he's played the best round of golf I've ever seen. Oh so. my god, ridiculous. That's so good. Is it hard to concentrate on your own golf? Um no, it's almost easier because um he's so self focused yeah. um that you you kind of not that you don't feel part of, say, his round of golf. It's just that, um, you know, if he wants to talk, he'll talk. But he's, you know, he's got that amazing focus that he's always had. And, y- you know, it almost makes it easier for you to just you just play. Yeah, that's good. Right, I'll do a couple more. I'm conscious that people are watching the podcast will say I'm not. I'm on the phone loads. But I normally have a laptop, so I'm looking at the questions. I'm okay. not being rude, Tommy. Um, just scrolling. Just like, scrolling. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, first app you open in the morning on your phone? I 
think it is uh, probably the Daily Telegraph app. That's yeah. a good response, isn't it? Uh, the, just the sports section, really. I just like reading the sport in the morning. I don't feel like you, you're dead into social media. No, I'm not. You're not? Just um, not? I, uh, I kind of... Um, well, I, I mean, I like it, but I feel like when um, sort of... We obviously play a lot and it kind of... I just feel better if I am not looking at it yeah, while I'm playing. Um, again, it's easy to look for what people have said about your round. It's easy to look at yeah. comments. It's easy to, when you've played great, want to look at all the good stuff. And when you've played bad, want to look at all the bad stuff. And the reality is like, you know, neither end of that spectrum is probably an honest outlook. And um, exactly. it just, uh, it, it's it's easier for me that way. But I, um, I also like, you know, I learn a lot from social media and stuff like, you know, and I like reading that side of it. There's so many good things about it kind of you know the kids will show me a, a bunch of tiktoks throughout the day anyway so i get to see it that way but <laughs> and so it, it, it's been like like we can make a great video and i'll watch it and i read all the comments great great this video's great blah 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 but it only takes a couple of negatives yeah and and they're the ones that stick yeah, in your mind yeah. and it's yeah, so frustrating that's just, uh, that's just life isn't it and just, it's just so that's the downside of like social media like you just remember some of the negatives sometimes You're like why am i doing that yeah, there's yeah. been so many positives I understand and I can kind of, I'm almost slightly jealous to a degree, but it's my own control of people who can just go, that's social media, I'm going to put it to the side, I'm not going to intervene with it. And I suppose for you, when you've got to focus so hard on playing really good golf, it's just a distraction in it at the end of the day. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's such an important part of the world these days. Um, and I, I think it was definitely easier probably growing up even our age playing the game when it still wasn't around that exactly. much that, that we were just you know we didn't have that much peer pressure on us we would just play and try and get better in a way um but yeah it's just it's just so easy to get distracted by it, i would say and yeah. um yeah i guess lucky that i can kind of switch it off if i want i like it that's one thing i'm so happy as a junior golfer that there was no like social media because we'd go to the golf club and show you the same all day and i was like putting comps chipping comps 36 holes chips and orange cordial for, yeah. for lunch yeah cheesy chips yeah cheesy chips I get like two quid off a moment it'd last me all day for like a millionaire <laughs> so like, I've not had money but going to the pro shop I'm going to get a coke off my oh, account yeah. <laughs> how, how good were those days they were just the best weren't they oh they were brilliant um, like and no matter what you did you kind of got better because um, like you were just it, like. you were doing daft things daft challenges yeah, yeah, yeah. you know let's chip over this bunker but let's do it left handed let's do this let's do that and you don't realise at the time but you're learning different yeah, skills yeah. where did you grow up playing did you move around a few courses or did you stick um, to one? I mean, I was I was mainly at Formby Hall all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, that's where I would spend most of my time, you know, and then obviously when you get to winter in this country, you go to the range yeah. um, in the evening. So that was that was just how it was really. Um, but yeah, I grew up there a lot. Like I was lucky that I travelled around the country playing a bit. Mum and dad would always drive me around and I'd play and um, play junior opens. And then as you... As you growing up and you get into sort of the county level and the national level you, you, you get to go different places so I was always I was always lucky that like you know I, I did a lot of good things early on and then once you start getting there you get the better coaching you start getting of better you, you, you start seeing better players and and like you, you progress that way so I was lucky that I had that from from an early age 
at what age did you realize you were going to make it? Like, was there ever a time? Because um, you mentioned earlier, just off the podcast, you've been playing what you'd see as a, almost elite golf since you were eight year old. Yeah. When did it kick in and go? I'm 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 doing this. This is um, this is going the way I want it to go. Probably about twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> no, it didn't. Uh, I think you. No, I was. I would say I was. Um, I would say I was very confident at about eighteen, nineteen. Um, like when I finished school, I had I gave myself two years of full time golf, and I. Um, I did. I really practiced hard um like i again like i've always sort of had a really good work ethic that um to be honest comes naturally um i like working i like you know i like practicing and i I like doing those things so i was had two years of that and then i played um like you you look back and it's more like you look back and look at what you did rather than at the time realize what you're actually doing i mean um you know i i was playing for England I got in the Walker Cup team uh, so I was 18 at the time that was at Merion and um I wasn't I wasn't really ready to turn pro um and didn't I kind of thought about it at that time because when you get to that point a load of the people that you're playing with turn pro it's the natural progression isn't it from natural Walker progression Cup. and I, I remember like I used to ask people about it because still 18 is really really young of course um and uh I was I would always say like to if I ever met a tour pro or anything i would say like when you know when should i turn pro when's the right time and they would say oh you know you'll you'll know (laughs) what good's that like it's not it's not told me anything and um and then in in but but i suppose you asking that question probably told you it wasn't the right time i'm not right and then when i was 19 and i'd played so after the walker cup um i think i traveled to argentina that winter i traveled to australia for two months that in january like i was doing a load of traveling with england um i was obviously one of the guys left that had played walker cup so i was in a way i was one of the older ones i was you know playing really well uh, i had amazing i had an amazing season where i didn't win a lot but i finished second like so many times i won um and then won a couple of events won the english amateur and stuff and um i sort of knew by June-ish that year I was like I'm going to turn pro I'm, I'm kind of like done and and then it did make sense because I knew that that's what I wanted to do I was kind of and um I finished I got to world number one amateur I won the English amateur uh we won the home internationals again with England I think we won the Europeans that year and I was just I'd done everything that you'd I'd accomplished won. everything you I'd, needed d- to. I'd done everything I wanted to do as an amateur really and um that was kind of it and then I, I, I sort of I was I was very very confident at that stage like I I turned pro should have won on challenge tour uh as an amateur and should have won on challenge tour um as i as i just turned pro and um played challenge tour the next year and like flew not flew through it but you know i won the biggest event which was lucky in a way that i chose that time to play well um and then you know qualified to get on tour at that time so i was pretty i was confident then and i was i thought i'll probably push on and i thought i probably thought i'd do better than what i did Winning the English amateur, does that get you into majors? No. It's the British, British amateur that gets you in the majors. Yeah, finished second on that one oh. uh, when I was 17 and got nothing. Would it, it. would it have <laughs> changed, however, could you turn pro anyway? Would you have still uh, been no, able to... Um, no, well, at the... They it's, the rule, it's I, always, think, they? I don't know, but that is always a tricky one because like, you get into these majors like, and, yeah. then, and then you end up waiting and it, 
there's definitely I've probably seen you see you see both sides of it. I think people turn pro too early, and then I think people wait too long of as course. well. And then I think it, you know it it definitely um, sort of stutters people's progress, just not quite getting it right. Yeah, I, I think it has changed now. I think it's changed. You know, I always think it's mad when you go on like Wikipedia and look at the British amateur or amateur. Some of the names obviously go on to be like proper elite elite golf and there's some that you just never hear of yeah, and it always crazy. baffles me how somebody can be such an elite amateur yeah. but yet going to the pro game is obviously a different ball game uh, just a completely different game yeah like it's the um, especially sort of I would say the European or British side we play so many links courses but I mean we play the best courses like mm. we really do but um, it's, a, it's a completely different game when you turn pro I, I, th- I think like EGU and and sort of the government like the governing bodies I think they do and I think they are doing a really really good job and I think it's definitely I was sort of at the time when I was around it was probably transitioning into where you you were getting guys ready to turn pro where I think it was always you know before my time it was you know you had guys that did stay amateur like all their lives Um, and I think definitely now it is you know what players you know what sort of lives they want to lead and I think everybody kind of it's working to get them ready now, which is better. But it is just such a such a different game. Like I found the jump from Challenge Tour to the European Tour such a a big gap, um, and struggled. Like I really struggled my first year. It's just um, as the levels go up, the standard of play gets higher, the golf courses get tougher, and um, you're playing for more prize money as well. Yeah, and some people just ease into it, and yeah. some people find it harder. So the question, and it probably the answer is both. But is it that it's so much harder to to win? which I guess it obviously is, than like a challenge tour, but it's also that the cut becomes so much harder because the actual field are better. Yeah, yeah cuts are, uh, the cuts in some events, like, really, like, just are, are amazing, I think. I think it's, um, somebody, like, there's the both sides of it, like, you get, you know, so you get a sort of scoreable course where you have to shoot 25 under, like to win, which is an an obscene number, and then um, on top of that, the cut is, you know, going to be low. But then you get a tough course, cut still like level par, under par, yeah. um, and like those those two things are just they are the standard of golf is so insanely high, it probably doesn't get the credit sometimes, like of because it's easy to, you know, you you probably. Well, you, you don't always get better, but like if you sort of struggle, the standard doesn't drop with you. Like, and, yeah, and you yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. standard keeps getting higher, and it um, it's just it's just a you know a strong sport. I think it's one of the hardest things to almost get across to the general golfer and probably pe- people listening to this podcast how bloody good tour players are, how bloody good you are as a golfer, like. Hopefully, a video that we're going to shoot today will highlight that and really kind sure. of. I'm not sure. That's one of the other questions, actually. Put it into perspective because it is. I think it's difficult. Unlike other sports, like I can't tell what it's like to come up against the, the one of the best footballs in the world yeah, yeah. in that setting, in that crowd, yeah. because I don't get that opportunity. But weirdly, in golf, you do, and it's the beauty of golf. I can go and play Robertdale. Yeah. 
and almost pretend I'm playing yeah, in the yeah. open. And, you know <laughs> You're mean? playing against me, we're like, yeah. <laughs> but it's not the open. The rough's not as anywhere near as hard. Mm. You know, it's not nowhere near as hard a situation. The tees aren't as far back as the guy when you play it. Yeah, and I think else. people don't. I, th- I think the setup of golf courses that we get, and especially when you get towards a Sunday, I think is something people. Um, Probably the one of the only things in golf that people don't experience in a way that's like um, I would say, like um, a bridge that people don't quite get to experience as much is like a Sunday setup of a oh. golf course where it's firm and fast, the pins are tucked away, like it might be windy. But uh, you know, at the same time, I think we probably don't or don't think about enough is how hard golf is. So hard, like, and and we'll play pro ams, and I watch guys like. Hitting the ball, like, you know, you can go on a range and hit the ball and everything's great. And then you get out there and there's bunkers, there's water. Of course. And I'm like... There's you watching them. Well, and I, and I, and I, and I watch it, I think, how oh, hard's golf? It like, is. It's such, it's such a hard it's ridiculous. game to go on a golf course and score. If you think about what golf is, you're propelling a tiny little golf ball. It hurts ball my head. With, with a metal it's, Yeah, yeah. Head. It's, 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 it's mad. In, it's in, and you're swinging that... Yeah, you've got to miss all these obstacles. Around your body <laughs> at speed. Yeah. And that much difference in the face can make like miles difference in accuracy. When you're talking degrees. Well, when you go on yeah, when you go on a trap man and stuff, and the difference between so, it and yeah. a green and it in a green side trap is that like some people can't get out of. A millimetre or I mean it's it's, it's mad. two degrees. And even like, like and, and even like putting like, 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 like you'll work with Phil and it'll be like Yeah, yeah. The ball's not moving, it's stationary. Yeah. Well it's like if I if I played any other sport, I think what would my handicap be? And I always do that. So many sports where, well, I'm not even close to a 36 handicap. Yeah. Like, you know, Rick's and then 24 I think, at Badminton, like, aren't you, Rick? 24 at Badminton. I've actually just, well, slightly, I've actually just slightly come down. You've beat me. <laughs> just got down to 18, general Just player. got down to 18. <laughs> I've been well, docked. One of the other questions, I like, I'll kind of touch on it briefly, though, but I remember, so I was a junior golfer, I was all right, like, and I played in a few tournaments that you played in. I remember at the time, everyone was talking about Tommy Fleetwood, you're sponsored by Nike, and a lad, <laughs> well, at, my, a lad at my club. Well, it's funny you say that, because Tommy was saying that just about me, about you before. He was like, I, I didn't know this, but I used to play in tournaments. That yeah, guy. He was that five handicap that used to shoot uh, <laughs> at a net 89. But there was um, a lad at my club who played in Lancashire, Paul Howard, who I think yeah. you'll know. So he, like, knew you were, obviously, and stuff. And I remember playing um, in events, and this was, like, 12 or 13, and everyone was, like, talking about you then. Whether you knew that or not, I don't know, but everybody was. And, there's, and like, there's, I'm about... I'm not a long hit with a golf ball, but a bit longer than Rick. 12 yards is so longer than Rick. You'd agree on that. 12 yards. Arguably. We played at Formby Hall once. Actually, right? that's ironic, yeah. Your place. First hole. Okay, first hole, right. For whatever reason, I hit an okay drive up the left. It's a hard first tee shot and hit Formby Hall. Yeah, I've never oh. been keen on I'll the, be uh, right on the I don't first like it. You remember when EuroPro was on there, and it's like one of them things where I'd go up and peg it up with my dad and just like knock it down the fair. When EuroPro was on, I was like, it's a horrible hole. That. Isn't the nicest t shirt, actually. So you, you I think it's you, a hard hot course, Formby Hall. A lot Formby of water. Hall's really hard. Like loads of water. Formby Hall, like off the back tees, is a like proper, really hard test. Golf course. What's that par four? It's on the front nine, about the six. There's loads of bunkers right and left, or right, and there's a pond in front of the green. Uh, before the dog leg. So five's the dog leg. The hole before that then, four. four. Four's only short though. But it's like, if you miss, if don't you fa- miss. Don't fancy the fourth, no. It, it's too straight for uh, my eyes. Okay, and the third straight, is yeah. too straight. The par, the par five. <laughs> yeah. Third, I hate straight holes. Yeah, third, so you smashed your t-shirt on the first. Oh yeah, sorry. So I, I yeah, an we've okay. Track. We've lost track. An eight out of 10 t-shirt down the first, right? But, but I'm walking, yeah, yeah, I'm walking off Eight out of 10 better than okay, by the way. Yeah, I would say I'm walking off and going, <laughs> guy steps up okay the big man 
crushes it. Hey, like, oh, 11 yeah, out of 10. Me 11 out of 10. Right, right down the middle of the fairway. I'm waiting to see his reaction over there. Harry also came out with us. Harry, what do you play off? Where'd you hit it, Harry? So, past me. I, I've hit it. I've hit it. Okay. Guys hit it about 12 yards past me. Yep. Harry steps up, right? Borrowed golf club. The One of the worst grips I've ever seen in my life, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's so strong. A little, little strong. <laughs> A little strong. strong. <laughs> and absolutely crunches one. Come on, Harry. 12 yards past him. 24 yards past me. <laughs> so anyway, I'm a... But then he shanked it out of hands. Yeah, he did. It. A yeah, million did. a car. And then Rick beat me, but that's not the point. Anyway, <laughs> but I was as a junior, like a furlong hitter. I remember being at this junior open once and you were behind me and I was like, oh, that Tommy Fleet was behind me. And I flushed this t-shirt on a par four, right? Obviously you would never remember this. And I was about 40 yards short of the green, longer than the lads I was playing with. So like chipped on, I think a two putted. You hit it through the green. I was on the green putting, you flushed one like 300 yards, whatever, yeah, through the I was, green. I was a really big but kid. You were, I, I said to Rick, kid. I said to Rick yesterday, I remember you being dead tall and like stocky as a kid. I, I was massive as a 15 year old. I remember you yeah, being like, 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 about like six foot really? two or something mad. You were dead I, was, big. I was big, yeah. I told like, you nice um, today. I, I just grew early. Like, I haven't grown since I was about 14 in height, and then I've lost weight since I was 15. Is that, actually, is that true? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Like, dead true. I'm like two stone lighter than I was when I was 16. Oh, my goodness. Um, and. Like, yeah, my mum's, I've still got shoes probably at home because my mum, obviously, like, you know, when they do, they expect you to keep growing. I've got, like, size 13 <laughs> yeah. shoes at home. I'm a size nine. <laughs> I, I obviously <laughs> thought I was going to keep growing when I was 12. I'm still in the old ones. <laughs> but what I was getting onto with that, though, is from being a young, young age, you were certainly in the Lancashire area known as being this, like, wonder kid. Did you feel that? And did that ever, obviously, no. it's not, obviously it's not hindered you because no. you got to where you are, but did that never put pressure on you, like? No, no I would never, like, I would never sort of think about stuff like that um and you know not that i'm a wonder kid now but i still uh would never see myself as that ever do you ever feel like imposter syndrome and stuff at all or not like do, do, do people no. do people do people that like i always wonder like do people that are like the world's best golfers ever feel like if you have a bad round or does it feel mad that like in what are you thought in the world now there's only 39 people officially like better than you even though they're not better than you because you can go out and beat them tomorrow but like does that ever feel weird, like when you go to places and stuff? Um, no, I think you, um, I think you concentrate on yourself a lot. And I would say, like, um, I'm disappointed in where I'm at, really, really at the moment. Um, and I would probably look at that more and sort of be wanting to know what I can do to get better and push forward again. And um, and I would, I would think of it more that way. I think, I think you just. Uh, judge yourself on how you feel about your own situation and, and go from there. And remember, like, um, for 30-odd weeks of the year, you're surrounded by guys that either want to beat you or will beat you or um, are higher ranked than you. Um, so, it, you know, you never really... Um, or or, or I, I definitely don't never sort of um, take stock of where I am that much or um, I probably, you know... The majority of us don't pat ourselves on the back enough, probably. When you walk on a driving range, though, for me hole, <laughs> you're the best bloody golfer there. Like that. Do you ever think that? Do you ever like? No. No, I'd no. be terrible as a tour pro. In what sense? Arrogant. I think, oh. I think I'd swag so much onto a driving range. Certainly, if I knew I'm the bloody best here, like I am the best. But then I go to a tour event, and you're right. You're thinking oh, I'm not the best here now, right yeah. now. Like such a weird feeling. Yeah. Is being a tour player everything you expect it to be? 
Um, I don't think um, I knew what it was going to be, in a way. I think um, I just... Probably my vision of being a tour player was just I would look at the events that I would want to play in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think you necessarily think of the travel and, and stuff like that and what you might be doing... Um, like on a week to week basis or what you'd be doing at tournaments. I mean, a lot of a lot of what we do is what we've we've always done. Go on a driving range, you know, you try and get better or hit balls or warm up, you're on a putting green, you're on a chipping green, you're on a golf course. So there's so many things that um are just the same and then um you probably just get into a routine or habit. Like I've been I guess I've been a, a touring pro since I was nineteen. So I've done that for a long time now, and and before that I was I was traveling a lot, and you'd get to an event and you do all those things. So I, I don't. Um, so well, my, really. my, minus the cheesy chips, everything's the same. Well, cheesy chips could still be a nice part of my life, but it's, <laughs> and twenty being a snooker table, <laughs> and a, yeah, I was never very good at snooker. <laughs> like what when when you're at an event, do you have like a group of like mates? Like you played much more PJ tour now, last yeah. couple of years. Like, do you, do you find yourself hanging around with the same people or just do you, are you more in your own bubble? And, and what's common um, out on tour? I think everybody's different. I think when you say you walk into a players' lounge or a locker room, you go and sit with... Um, you might end up sitting with anybody. Really, yeah. Really. Um, there's definitely people have their groups or friends that play, like, practice rounds regularly yeah, together. Yeah. I think... Um, of course, when you're in America, or not necessarily in in America, probably wherever you are, I think probably what has made a, a bigger or noticeable difference is when you've been in a Ryder Cup team. I would say you definitely not congregate more, but you 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 know you go and sit with each other more. You're, of st- you're still. I'd say you never lose that side of being a teammate. I get um, that, so, so you end up, you know, hanging with those guys plenty. Um, you know, random bunch that you'll go to dinner with um, a number of times, like this, as in like the the same guys, but at random times. Um, yeah, you, you know, you get you get to know people. Um, there's always somebody that you'll get to know a bit more or kind of meet for the first time and, and get to know them. Everybody speaks for the majority of the time. I sometimes feel like it, like picture it more like high school and you have like the mean boys in the corner. The mean boys. Who, would be, like, the, who would be the mean boys in your eyes? Um, Mickelson. Oh, would he? And I feel like, I feel like Ram undercover would be a bit like throwing chips at you from the other side of the table. I think DJ be a jock. Yeah. No, DJ's not a jock. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be the prom king somehow. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, it was it was funny, really. Like Mickelson, like I think when I sort of first started to get into know him and play with him, he obviously everybody talks a lot about his trash talking and that. And I would say, um, I'd say I'm fairly good at responding in a dry, sarcastic manner. Yeah. And um, he definitely didn't like get my sarcasm to start with. Not that like there was no like animosity animosity but it was just i think you know he would look at me with like a blank face like <laughs> with like some of, our, some of our replies and stuff and i think he, he gets it now what's um with all these things going on at the moment like the match did you did you did you get a chance to watch any of that no. bryson dechambeau would you 
entertain it if you got invited to playing one do you think it's something that you'd be keen on doing do you think um, it's good for the game i yeah i, I, I don't know I, I think anything that um adds uh even the tiniest of wider audiences to golf i think is a good thing is a good thing for the game and um i guess yeah just because i haven't um maybe had the, ta- had the chance or the time or it's not a, a time when i would watch it um at home I, I i do think um anything that just widens the lens a little bit i i think is is good for the game and um yeah i'm probably not going to get offered it at the moment but uh if i ever did uh get the option i would yeah a new challenge oh i, I don't know i don't know would maybe take, i'll would, be the one that get challenged would you take on anybody like you'd never be scared to take on a player oh yeah of course yeah i'd play anyone yeah you'd literally play anyone yeah, you know what I think make it more interesting. I said this last last week on the podcast. If you played for your own money, yeah, like if you had to put in half a million, yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> if you had to put in two hundred fifty grand, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Either. If we if we get like if we talk about a tenner, like I'll, I'll have a game. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of the match today, we have hopefully if that ground is thawing outside. Yeah, you know, maybe we can we go have to Vegas got. And, like, well, we're going to go, we're at JCB. We can, uh, relocate. Yeah. Should, we, should we tell Tommy what the match is going to be? And then if worst case it doesn't happen, we'll cut it out of the podcast. So, yeah, obviously you're really good at <laughs> golf. And people think I'm good, but I'm not. So I thought it'd be really well, you, interesting. You broke 85 a couple of times. So my, That's good. I've, had, I've played three times around here, okay? <laughs> Twice it absolutely ruined me. Yeah. Because, again, that's the difference. I played off the blacks. I never play a golf course 7,500 yeah, yards. The length is a big thing. That, like, I never play a golf course like that. So I played another course in uh, Northumberland, uh, Rockcliffe Hall. It's, like, it's the hardest golf course in the UK. It is it? 7,000. It's nearly eight, is it? Not? Yeah, I feel seven, like I've played Rockcliffe Hall. Yeah. There's gold. Right, near, Sun, the right near Sunderland. Horrible. Oh, you wouldn't have played off my tees, Tommy. You'd have played off the front tees. Yeah. My, well, te- my, my tees were like, seven, like nearly 8,000 yards. Brutal. It was hard. I, I I just is that enjoyable or not enjoyable? I, um, it was enjoyable to make a video. I wouldn't do it all the time. You wouldn't play golf if it was like that. It was a. No, it's like a combination. Of it's driver every hole, obviously, pretty much. Then you've got long either irons or like a three wood into greens. You're then obviously missing greens. Then you're in like bunkers. Then you put it out. You got long putts. The greens undulating. It was just like it's just, just an ordeal. Everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was never. A, you go a par three next. It's like three wood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I yeah, drive into got, a par three. Like you got no chance. Yeah. It's like, so. Because we're on a big golf course today. We're on a big boy golf course today here at JCV. I thought the, the fair challenge would be... I want to see his reaction to this. <laughs> you've got to give me 10 shots. Handicap. You're not a professional golfer. Questionable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not your... This is the thing with the term professional golfer. Yes, we sit here t- together with ve- many things in common. Great looks. Beards. Beautiful hair. Your beard beards. is much better than mine. I'll swap you for your hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, lots of things in common. Beautiful golf swings. Great tempos. Lovely families. Loads of wins. Yep. Heart common. You've probably, common. Got, <laughs> you've probably <laughs> got more wins than me. Heart common. Stableford back nine. <laughs> Loads um, of wins. 2002. Um, yeah. You are comfortably 10 shots better than me on a golf course. Do you think? What did you turn yeah, pro we'll off? Probably find out. What we? did you turn pro off? Plus six, I think. Oh, there you go. I turned pro of three. So nine shots. Well, I've, got, I've got a little bit worse and you've got a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still think you're off plus six? No. Better? 
You've got to be better. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. The thing, well, the handicap system's changed now as well. I always remember when you'd play like an amateur event and you get like Lytham Trophy and I used to have a habit of like, you'd shoot one, fancy shooting one good round out of four. So like, you'd shoot like a three or four under. Standard scratch was through the roof. Yeah, <laughs> you'd drop and, uh, crazy. So, so you'd drop for like the event and I always used to do that. So like you could shoot one 66, but then fire in a few 77, 78s and you come down like 0.1 for the week or 0.2 and um, like, yeah, the, the handicap was it's nice because it got you in the events and it was obviously low, but it didn't really, it never meant that much to me. You can get a handicap now as a pro as well. Well, I mean, uh, let's just check out what my uh, stroke average is this year. I'm sure I'm not off plus six, I'll tell you that yeah, one. Yeah, but you're playing big boy golf courses. I'm playing a big boy golf course today, so I should play off my handicap. Which is plus six. I bet it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we'll find out. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm not great at the moment. So, ten shots. So, I'm going to start ten under par. <laughs> I quite like that tagline. FedEx Cup. <laughs> yeah, basically. Can you catch me? It's like the chase, like the, like the golf version like of the, the chase. chase. Which chaser would I be? Um, oh, that's a question. I don't know they're all the names. Um, the Fleetonator. Terrible. <laughs> 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 should, should cut that out. <laughs> no, keep it in. Absolutely keep it in. Uh, We've not finished the questions, by the way. Yeah, very, way. Let's get um, the chase. The last one, well, I had a couple more, but Rafa Benitez, in or out? Um, in um, I uh, you know you can't just keep chopping and changing managers. I think I think the club just needs um some continuity and and yeah, I get that you know performances that you know the guys are struggling and and everything and I I think in football in particular um you know like obviously crowds and everything add pressure everybody's got high expectations and everybody wants the club to do really really well but um you know he's obviously you know Rafa's obviously a very very good manager he's got a good pedigree um and um the team we've got some we've got some good players I think we've got some players that are obviously lacking in confidence which is easy in sport and life I guess but I I just think you know if we can somehow just weather this storm at the moment and just get start getting some kind of results um, and see where we go from there. But yeah, I'm, I'm so done with like, you know, managers getting the sack. It's crazy, isn't it? As the, as the local um, podcast football, air, football expert on this uh, podcast, I'll just explain to the listeners and viewers if you don't know what's <laughs> happening, because we have a lot of American viewers. Okay. Tommy's an Evertonian fan, Everton fan. Yes. They're not on a great streak at the moment. Uh, well, we haven't won in. We were fifth in the league after four games, and we haven't won in eight or something now. So, <laughs> guys, a Liverpool fan. Yep. We're sliding. These two teams played last night. It didn't go well for Tommy's yeah, team, unfortunately. I went, so I'm obviously more of a. Yeah, fan. Tommy went. I watched it in the comfort <laughs> of a brother's house in the front <laughs> yeah. room. Um, do you want to come on to the confessions? I'll tell you what, a quick one. Yeah, very quick one, because I think it fits in quite nicely with that last question. You obviously went through a period of time where you did change coach yeah you explored you had different ideas and that you've said it before didn't particularly work out for yeah. you and you went back to tomo you went back to phil you went back to finno mm-hmm. you caddy almost do you think almost that advice that you've just given there some people you need a bit of time like you you found that or did you have to find that out the hard way it's so easy to look from the outside i could um i could give anybody i could probably give anybody decent advice um in golf or like like I say I could I could look at like Everton 
and say that's my opinion on what it is or, or look from the outside. I think when it's you, so much harder to see clearer or um, you build up ideas of what you want to do. Um, I think uh, particularly in golf, it's so easy and you see it all the time. It, it's so easy to go down the wrong route. Of course. And, um, and probably... Uh, one of the things that sort of people don't understand from the outside is how many golf balls we probably hit. So if we, you know, for instance, um, you know, I say, you know, I did try and change my swing a little bit. I had a, I had an idea of what I thought I needed to do to become a world-class golfer. Um, you practice it and practice it and practice it and practice it and you keep going. By the time you've hit all them balls and you realise that, it's not really like, I don't think it's working. You're a long way down a path well, there, aren't you? you've got to do the same amount and more to get back. And then um, when you sort of say, you know, when your game comes back, your game will come back before your confidence does. And then you you sort of have to go out and play. You have to play in front, in front of thousands of people. You have to play... Uh, for your livelihood. Playing for your livelihood. And, you, and you know, you're putting that sort of under the cosh. So, and you've got to build your confidence up by doing that. So it's like, it's it's a hard... It's a hard process to do to, to come back, but it you know when when you're out there all the time, and I've I've got less experience than people who've done it for fifteen years or twenty years, but there's always there's always people out there that are making the game look easy at yeah. one point or another, and that are doing great, and there's always people out there that are struggling the bollocks off. Of course, and um, you basically want to be one of the guys that's making it look easy more mm. often than not, and. Um, but that it it, eb- it ebbs and flows all the time, and those guys that um, you know, like you look at, um, you know, Rory's just struggled for a little bit. Yeah, won twice this year. Yeah, and he he can make the game look as easy as anybody. You look at DJ. I think before DJ went on that run in the FedEx um, last, you know, last year or two years ago, whenever it was, he had had sort of sort of iffy periods of where. You know, he might be practicing his swing in a mirror in the locker room or something, and people think DJ is this like laid back guy. You know, he's thinking about his swing and that he won't playing great, but then finds it, goes on this amazing run. But I, I think people always see, obviously, the great stuff and and sort of don't. Um, you know, there's always there's always a period for people where they, um, you know, don't get what they want out of the game. That's just how it is. But you kind of it's just just is what it is, really. Question: Do tour players like again? Do you when you go and practice? Do you how, like how many is a lot of balls? Like what is a lot of balls being hit? Um, are you put in a good shift on the range. Like you know, if you if you want to, I mean, it, it's different at a tournament. My good shift is fifty golf balls. Yeah, well, it's different. It's different at a tournament because you've always got other things to do. Of course, you have to, you have to be getting ready. You know, it's not just about. Obviously, there the will be a point where you think. Don't matter if I practice my chipping and putting. I, I'm not going to hit it well enough to compete, so I need to go and hit balls for a couple yeah. of hours. Um, you know, if you're at home, yeah, four hundred, five hundred yeah, balls. Yeah, just keep going. Like, yeah, like yeah. literally that many. Oh yeah, like oh you just um, just keep going until you until you're happy or you feel like you're done. Yeah. Do you know one of my biggest? I don't. Luckily, touch wood. I don't have many YouTube regrets, <laughs> but you are part of one of them. <laughs> However, however, I think my biggest regret massively helped you. Oh, I have no I idea what this is. is. I do. I, I think it, ma- it, in fact, it transformed you. What was it? It's my biggest regret. What did we do? Abu Dhabi. 2017. 2017. 
Wednesday, the 3rd of January. Yeah. Etched in my brain. That, that might be a bit early. It's a bit later. Yeah, 5th or 6th of January. Okay. I'd been out in the pro-am that day and I played with Danny Willett. Current Masters. Chat. Look, you're looking at me like, what the hell are you going to come on to? I'm trying to remember because I remember I was doing in Dubai. What year did we? No, we've Abu done Dhabi. A couple, yeah, but we've done a couple of Dubai things. Dubai was two we? years ago. Abu Dhabi. Keep going. Okay. You'll remember it soon. 2017. Yeah. So I played with Danny Willett that day. Okay. Current Masters champion. Right. Buzzing. Great video. Made two killer videos. Played them proud with him. Had loads of challenge <laughs> with him. I've, I'm done. What a day. The best ever. Right. Yeah. Same year, just signed with Nike, okay? And one of the Nike guys came over and said, oh, this afternoon we've got a great opportunity for you. I was like, oh, great, what is it? You're going to caddy for uh, one of our athletes on the back nine. <laughs> All right, who's that? Tommy Fleetwood. Okay, great. Thinking, caddying for Tommy Fleetwood? I'm not sure. Say, so who's he? Is it, what's this, what, what type of video is this going to be? <laughs> I've just played with Buddy the Masters champion. Yeah, I don't, don't, I, I don't, I don't want to go and carry for Tommy Fleetwood. I'm sure I told you to do it as well. Did you not do it? So, <laughs> walk round. I thought, oh, I'll be nice. I'll go and humour this Thomas lad. You didn't do it. This Tom lad. See what, see what he's about. It. Okay. Came met you on the 10th tee. Finno, passed me the bag. I said, <laughs> I'm not carrying this bag. <laughs> Absolutely. With like the longest strap on the planet. <laughs> so anyway, I decided, I, I didn't caddy. We didn't shoot a video, but I, kept, yeah. I actually walked quite a few holes with you. You were telling me about the Nike driver you had in the bag and that you didn't have many of them. Yeah, I do and I said, I've got a spare driver if you ever need it. And uh, we spent, it was nice, but we didn't shoot a video, right? We didn't shoot a video. What did you go and do? That week. So it's not like a YouTube regret because it didn't even exist. Well, that, yeah, but that's why. I know. That's why it's a regret. <laughs> I chose not to caddy for you. I chose that. Yeah. You go and win because of, because of me not. Because I, I, I was a chopper, really. You Basically. just played with the Masters champion. Basically. It's like, come on. But I think it massively helped you win. Because if I had caddied for you and lost a bit of confidence for you, gave you a few wrong clubs. You might not have gone on to win the 2017 Abu Dhabi Championship, HSBC. Yeah. And the race to Dubai that year. Uh, listen, I know. Yeah. Well and, and saved the, me. And then you won it again the year after. Yeah. And then you won the French Open. And then after that, you never, there was no chance of ever getting hold of you again until this moment. Until right now at JCB. Do you ever, ever remember an event? I'm sure you will. I used to work for Nike and we got you to come out to um, the Greenwich driving range. Yeah, I do remember, yeah. And you had to wear the outfit. Look yeah. at that, Rick. Shorts and tights. You had to wear tights. I do remember You that. pulled it off quite well, but the tights didn't sell very well. I'm not sure. There was the real push for the modern golf athlete look. And they, so, they should so, have picked me. Should have picked someone you else. You looked good. You pulled it off, but they don't. They sold many good. in in, um, in any retail stores of like middle aged blokes were in tights. But it was a good idea. Uh, do there were confessions yes, then? So yes. regrets. So we started a new feature, Tommy, a couple of weeks ago, where people could email in their confessions. We've had they're telling. They're telling. Yes, and then what, their confessions. Yes, and we can either forgive them or condemn them. I, could, do I get to choose? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what oh, I like this game. And, and, and then if, I like this game. And if you condemn them, you get to pick their punishment as well. So it can be whatever you want, golf related. But you can. Oh, punishment's listen. more difficult. I would like to like condemn or forgive them. Okay, then. Right. Well, I'll think of the See punishment maybe if they deserve one. So uh, if you listening want yours read out next week or the week after, email podcast at rookshields.com. It's a good one. Ready? It's Derek and Guy. Please, <coughs> and, and Tommy. Tommy, please read my confession. I feel I've committed a golfing crime, but not in the way you might think. You don't have to keep me anonymous because owning up to your actions is the first step of forgiveness. Wow. So everyone has been anonymous so far. Oh. So Robert Johnson, 
Oh. He's asked for it on your your head, be it. Earlier this year, I bought a new set of tailor-made irons, very unbranded Good, good, thank you. Which meant I was able to sell my old irons. They were a set of tightless CBs that I've had about 15 years. I decided to sell them on Facebook along with a decent stand bag. I listed them for collection only as I couldn't be bothered with the hassle of finding a box and sending them, etc. Here is the start of my confession. I listed the irons on Facebook, had no response for two weeks, no nibbles, nothing. The price was fair, but clearly nobody wanted them. I really need to get rid of these irons. One evening, I got a message from a guy asking if still available, and I replied instantly, probably looking really, really, really keen, saying, of course they're free, of course they're available. He explained he had been to the driving range twice, wanted some beginner's golf club to take to the nearest part for e-course, and he asked me, are these suitable for him? Bearing in mind, his tightless CBs. I replied, saying these clubs were perfect for a beginner, and if he came and picked them up, I'd even give him top-of-the-range golf balls, brackets, Shrix and triple three. That got free in a raffle. He agreed and said he would meet me in about two hours, I have to confess I, was a, I wasn't 100% truthful. These irons are not great for a beginner. In actual fact, they're an awful set of golf clubs for a beginner in X100 shafts. <laughs> if he was my mate and he said he was going to buy these irons, I'd have been telling him, absolutely don't go near them. Don't waste money. They'll be terrible for you. I feel really bad lying to this guy, but I wanted to get them sold. I'm really keen to get Rick's and Tommy's opinion on this um, as I feel really bad about this guy and can't stop thinking about it. All the best, Rob Johnson. Yeah, forgiven. <laughs> Well, that was quick. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> no, no conscious there. You, you're happy with Rob's actions. I think as a beginner, I don't think the clubs are actually that important. I would say, like, if you know, and, and you never know, it might be very good. You might be able to hit these CBs. So, and the premium golf balls being eighty triple threes, not the worst, not the best, not the worst. Wow. Well, there you go. What do you say? Um, I don't like it. I think he's being crafty. Mm. I think he's being a bit naughty. I'd like to, I mean, if you sold them for like. Two grand. Yeah, was yeah. Saying, like, you know, maybe that was out of order. As but, used like, by Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to condemn him, but so not the biggest. I've just thought of this now. I've not got the biggest punishment, but what I wanted you to both do. condemn him? Yeah, yeah. Why? Oh, I am. I just a bit, a bit like. A bit shady. If he wouldn't have done it to his mate, why is he doing it to a fellow golf Yeah, friend? but I think he's overthinking it. You know what would be great? If said person who bought the irons from rob johnson mm. can email at podcast at rickshills.com <laughs> no, that, would, that would be good see how he's hit them he might have flushed them yeah i'll, I'll reserve or judgment does then. it actually matter how he's hit them is it still like a bad thing i think he just guys? knows it's, it's not so much that it's hit that he knew all along he was doing the dirty that's what sits a little bit wrong well, with he feels me. like he's doing the dirty but is he like not? i don't think he, i don't think he is doing the dirty that much i don't think the irons actually matter that much to a beginner like so i think his conscience is affecting his judgment. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> For the sake of, of balance, I'll, I'll condemn him. I can just, see I'm why just seeing, like, three, I'm people don't, three people don't work in confession. I think it should be <laughs> <laughs> My punishment we is not a bad opinion. one. My punishment for Rob, he's going to play in the next club comp. Buy them back. He's going to get a two, so it's all going <laughs> well. Double the price. <laughs> Rob's going to get a two in the club comp, so he's buzzing. Goes into the clubhouse, goes, oh, a two, oh, great. Finds out he gets, like, three pound for his two. So I thought you got like, golf balls, no? Uh, I used to get money at Did my you get account. Money? Yeah, I used to get used money. To get not for your account, though. No, I've never had. Oh, we used to get money in our account. Cash, cash. So, wait, in fact, it's not only a punishment, you're still getting free oh, no, quiz. should have been a member at your place. No, yeah. I've got it. Go on. I've got it. This is a brilliant one, right? <laughs> this is a brilliant one. I don't know if it happened at yours as well. Rob, the next comp he plays in, yeah. gets two twos. Yeah. Okay. So he's thinking double the money. He walks in the clubhouse. Mr. Pro, has anyone had a two yet today? 
nobody's had a two yet today. Mm-hmm. You're in it. You're in, you've got the whole kitty for this, you. This isn't like a real condemnation because, like, in like, order to do this, he has to make two twos. I know. And everybody <laughs> has to make another one. Like, this wait, is a very wait, hypothetical wait, 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 condemning. Wait, wait. No, no, this is. <laughs> So okay, he makes one two. <laughs> he needs to make still needs to make two. Right, okay. Last thing, last thing. Then I've got it right. He makes a two. <laughs> he does make a two. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got it. He then triple bogeys the next hole. Yeah. Okay, but he's but he's semi buzzing because he's made this two. Yeah. One two. Right. He walks into Mister Pro. Has anyone made a two yet today? Nobody's made a two. Right. You are in it for the full kitty. Yeah. Hundred pound is in the kitty. You are going to get it all right. Walks in the in the pro shop, uh, in the clubhouse, in the bar. Hey guys, I can know where he's going. I've made a two guys drinks on me. Get the round in, fellas. Get a the four round diet in. cokes and a Fanta. <laughs> no, I'm going to get the round in for everybody. <laughs> Listen, guys, I've just had a two. I'm going to get the round in for everybody. Right? What little does Rob know? There's one group left on the golf course. Okay, and that one group, the 17th, a bit like JCB here, is a par three. Yeah, and. This one fella manages to box it for a one. Did you get the full part? And at my club, the ones got everything. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Got, yep. the, got all the twos money. So now Rob's just gone in. He, he's thought he's, he's got 100 quid in his hand. He thought he's got 100 he's quid in his hand. paid for the round of drinks. He's just put the drinks on the tab. <laughs> this is a long-winded condemn. <laughs> like he spent it. 50 quid on drinks for everybody because he's, he's buzzing. The guy who's got the number one takes all the twos money and doesn't go in the clubhouse to buy everyone a drink. He drives off. That's his punishment. He should be condemned. So I think <laughs> the moral of this story is that Rick should write a book, not 
being confession. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Rob, Tommy Fleetwood forgives you. So that's all, all you need. Do you want to do a quick Dear Rick as well? I'd love to yeah. hear Tom. So another feature we have, Tommy's Dear Rick. People can email in and get advice on stuff. But again, this is, let's call it Dear on, Tommy. On Jerry Springer. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get a lie detector in a minute. <laughs> um, Craig has emailed in and said, I've got a good question for you. Myself and three mates have been saving a little bit of cash each month, about £20 a month, from when we were 30 years old to go to our 40s fund. So for the 40th birthday. And we're planning to go on a big golf trip when we're all 40, which will be like the summer of 2022 to next year. We are looking for a week away for the ultimate golf trip. Uh, we think it's somewhat like the Dominican Republic. Uh, we've read good things about the courses there. Uh, but the question is, would you recommend we um, also go to the American famous courses, so like the TPC Sawgrass or go to Dubai? What would you do? What would be the best trip for like six guys for the 40th? Where should they go? They've got a few quid to spend. more places than me. If they've got a bit of money, let's say money's not too much of an object, what's the ideal lads golf trip anywhere in the world? Um, well, I, I, w- I would say what time of year? Any time of year? Summer. Any time of year. Summer 2022. Like the perfect time right, of year for, for the location. I'd say Dubai or like, you know, Dubai's got a ton of golf courses. Mm-hmm. Weather's guaranteed. Um, I like Turkey as a golf trip. Very good. All inclusive. Yeah. Carrier. Yeah. Montgomery. Yeah. Like, trial. Yeah. It's, I, I, w- I would recommend that. Portugal is always good. Um, I wouldn't bother with the TPC courses, probably. What's an ideal Tommy Fleetwood lads golf trip? Is it boozy? Is it boozy? Um, is it Larry? Well, like I don't really care about how I play on a golf trip, so probably boozy could be an option. I'm not very good. <laughs> and is, does boozy, if it is going to be a boozy one, does that affect what quality of golf course you want to play? Or difficulty of golf course you want to play? Oh, uh if 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 like we want to play the eighteen, if we're not bothered about walking off, like <laughs> probably play an easier golf course than. For me, it'd be it, this. Uh, that's got Vegas written all over it. Is that a bit textbook though? Yeah, straight to Vegas. Yeah, fortieths. You're a bit mature, but still a little bit silly at forty. Well, St Andrews, a bit of a curveball. Feel like Vegas can ruin a man. <laughs> Comes back skin. Feel like Vegas can take you. What about like Scotland though? <laughs> Start off at like St Andrews, play the old, go some of the quirky ones mm, and stuff. We've we've kind of like yeah, we took Scotland out of the equation, didn't we? We didn't even think about Why it. Not? But I think Scotland's amazing. Scotland, uh, yeah, Scotland would be cool. Get more like, bang for your buck, I guess. Even Ireland, weirdly. Yeah. Yeah, we've yeah we went we ventured out. Didn't we? We ventured out. We went Dubai, we went, Vegas. We Plane straight away. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, weather we outside, pri- we went, the weather outside might influence we our decision today. To Vegas. They were like, we've been saving £20 a month for a couple of years. You're like, money's no object. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun. As long as, I think, there's realistically, options, with yeah. your friends, there's a good group of lads. You'll have fun probably anywhere you go. Do you love St. Andrews? It's my favourite course, yeah. The, the golf course or the place? Uh, place is amazing. I love the place. Um, it's got an aura about it. Um, and is it your favourite golf course, though? It is my favourite golf course. Is it really? Course. Yeah. Because um, you have always... You cannot, you, you've always got a chance to play it, as in, like, you're not you're not going to lose your ball. You're not. Really. So if you go left, you're fine. Yeah. Um, so I kind of... Um, again, like, as a golf course that is... It can obviously be a very a very tough test, but I just mean for for everyone the fact that you can get it off the tee and know that you can play from yeah. there. I think, and then you know, then the challenges come in where 
you know, the course plays different every day, the the undulations on the greens, the way the wind is going to affect it and, and stuff like that. And like the, the tiny nuances of the golf course, I think, you know, the old course is an amazing place to play golf. Do you love St. Andrews anyway as a town? Yeah. It's so good, isn't it? It does have, we, have that aura, like you said, it's just magical. Yeah. Got to go, yeah. Mac, it's Mecca, isn't it? It's Mecca for golf. Is that right at the end of the strip? It's not at the end, though. No. All oh, right, we went to a chippy at the end of the strip, which was quite nice. Any chippies are good, aren't they? Yeah, yeah uh, it's pretty it's good. Just like a... Have you played the Himalayas? Yeah, uh, probably not in order. Just like hammered a ball around the Himalayas. <laughs> have you? Uh, have you ever got a hole in one on it? I don't know. I wasn't really playing that. There's somebody in this room. I didn't like hold it with that much pride. <laughs> like. There's somebody in this room. Sad uh, one. Look how happy you are on the uh, on the Himalayas. Uh, but it wasn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> Out of everyone in this room, how many is there? Six. H. Five of us are golfers. One of them is pretty good. Thanks. There's one golfer. That's, there's one person in this room that's not a golfer. He's not the golfer. There he's left-handed. Tim. I thought he wasn't a golfer. He's not. Oh, so he's just left-handed in general. He's but just left-handed in general. So we went to Himalayas. We only had right-handed putters, so you had to use right-handed putter. And he's the only person in this room that's had a holding one on him. <laughs> would you play golf left-handed, or would you play golf right-handed because you lead with your left? You'd go lefty. Yeah, lefty. But it was it was ridiculous. It was so, honestly, I've never celebrated so much <laughs> in my life when he got it in. It was just the best. It's like a little blind, a little blind hole as well, where it dipped over and it like just popped over the hill and just dropped in. It was like, oh. no way, it's the best. And um, obviously, you got a little boy, Frankie. Mm-hmm. How old is he now? Four. Have you got him into golf yet? He, uh, yeah, he, he he hits it now and again. Obviously, with the my two step kids who are fifteen and thirteen, who are massively into the game. Um, and then there's me that is into the game. <laughs> um, so he just, you know, wants to hang around. Uh, you know, he'll he'll come on the range. We've obviously got some stuff indoors that he'll do and put and hit drivers and stuff. And it's not like he um, is obsessed with it or anything, but he'll do that. He, um, I'll ask him to take a video of my swing now and again. He'll do that. <laughs> do you get uh, any good? Do you get any good video footage off him? It's a bit wonky, yeah. but um, uh, <laughs> sounds but like familiar. He, but like he's still, uh, <laughs> but like he, he he sort of he likes being in, involved as kids do, just doing the stuff that that you're all doing. And um, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's probably pretty good. I have like I, I you know no sort of kids to compare it, compare it to way, you know like four four yep. year old kids. But like it's it every time. Like, well, I'll bring I'll bring I've got a three year old lad. I bring him down. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Have that, a mi- we'll have a mini. Be a better, like, we'll have yeah. a mini version of our mini match today. <laughs> Shields versus the, Fleetwood. The mini match. <laughs> the mini match. Playing for Harry Bowes. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you stepson's decent at golf? Yeah, they're off uh, two and six. Oh, oh wow! So they're doing yeah, well. Yeah, they're in. They're playing for the county and stuff. So they're doing well. Do you feel? I don't know if it's pressure on you or do they feel pressure on like they have to be good because like. The, the um, I th- I I would ra- like I think um, one thing I did notice is that until they started playing some more junior events, they almost like looked at me as the standard, and right. it's so hard to get it into their head. You know, like so you'll play, you know, a little shot obviously, and it'll be fine. But compared, compared to you, compared to mine, it's, of course, it's not it's not going to be as as good. And then. Oh, get arsy about it and like 
you know, the, the, the you know, they sort of getting angry about it. And I'm like, it, it's a good shot. And and they they always sort of look at me, which is which is in a way it's good. Yeah. Like it, it drives them, but at, at the same time, you need like some realism and need them to be a bit more like positive about the game and and that. And then as soon as they start playing with kids, they sort of get a better view of the standard. And of course, there's kids that are better than them. There's kids that are worse than them but at least they sort of see where they of sit course. and then they can um choose what they want to um improve from there but i think um hopefully what's good for them is that like they have you know they get to instill some good habits they see sort of how i would practice and play they get to come out on tour and watch and then see you know they get opportunities that you know other kids you know they don't get that much yeah. where they'll stand on a range and they'll see all these guys of course will, you know go and watch and play and that so um and you know they uh, they like working at the game and stuff. Um, well, they see your work ethic as well. And that's a big yeah, one. Yeah, which, which I think you know that's that's obviously very important. And especially you know you get to this level now. I I feel like there's so many people at like my level that work so hard as well. Yeah. It's very difficult to outwork you know like everyone. Yeah, which was. Um, it was probably always something that I felt like I could do when I was younger. I felt like I can probably out, out outwork them and it's um it gets very difficult to do that when you get an eye you, you have people that practice unbelievably hard so like you can match a lot of people what's the maddest hard work story you've got like is there any like mad situations where like you're um, practicing on like christmas day or something is there any is there anything that i you, play golf on christmas day you're practicing and playing golf on christmas i don't practice day? we play golf it's like a tradition that we do we play golf that's kind of cool that's cool every year yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is there, it, when you were young, was there any like... The, me, personally? Yeah. Like, is there any, is there any like grind stories where you're, you're there and it's chucking it down a rain and the wind's coming in sideways and you're just there beating oh, balls I do after that beating all the time, balls. Yeah. After, like, that was just a standard. That wasn't even... I know, yeah, I kind of, um, I always had in my mind that that was like... Um, like this is what my day looks like, and then I would do it in whatever the conditions were. Um, and and probably to, to to this day, I feel comfy in like shocking conditions in a way. Yeah. Um, like it doesn't really phase me when you get some like you know horrendously windy and and rainy days. And I, I would just, um, yeah, I, I I just sort of always had in my mind that that's sort of what I'm doing, and then um, the conditions are just part of it. Some days you're gonna get wet some days you're gonna get cold and some days it's gonna be great or you know some days you're gonna be you know really really hot and going through t-shirts but it's just you know i I just always sort of set out to do that well i must admit even when you turned up today i fully expected you to get out the can go i'm not i'm not, i'm going off i'm going home <laughs> i'm a quick coffee and I'm, I'm back home but you were like yeah, we'll, we'll make something work like it's a, it's not a nice day today. It's cold. It's snowing. I thought it was a better opportunity than just playing eighteen holes. To be fair, I thought okay. like, it'd be more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> me me being ten under on the first tee. Uh, well, I, I just um, you, you seemed just like hopefully you were excited about the day, but you just it didn't seem phased. Where I'd imagine Dustin Johnson turning up here this morning, going no chance, Rick. I'm not, I'm off. DJ probably <laughs> DJ would probably be all right about it. I, th- I think. Um, no, I yeah, I just um, it's actually it's a beautiful day. It's just that it's uh, cold and <laughs> and frosty. But um, yeah, like no, I'm not really you know worried too much about conditions. Listening right now, there's a 12 year old mini Tommy Fleetwood listening. Okay, <laughs> yeah, or Rick Shields listening, or a 
DJ, whatever, Rory. Yeah. yeah. What would you tell them? Um, what would you tell them right now? And they, and they have aspirations to being the best of the best of the best. Um, I would say um, work hard. Uh, number one, without hard work, you know, nothing really happens. Enjoy it. I think um, sort of, um, I don't know whether protecting your enjoyment is the right phrase, but like, you know, managing to create that sort of keep that passion and enjoyment yeah. um, in a in in that way is is massively important. Um, I would say results are never the end of the story, good or bad. They're not. Um, you know, it's there's always tomorrow. You know, there's always another day where everybody starts out afresh. And I think um, not dwelling on results, like I say, good or bad. Um, is very important, and I'd say surround yourself with the people that are, you know, the best for you, and find out who they are. So that that would pretty much cover most things that I believe that's, in. That, that's the recipe for success. Uh, I think so. Yeah, and and um, you know, don't don't. Um, I would say I probably uh might have thought at times that I would get to a point where I felt like I would have figured. You know, like you know, I would have figured a lot out, and 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 sort of, I would be on this path where I'd figured out what I'm doing, and I can be consistent at that and work on that. And um, the more you sort of play the game, you realise that it's kind of it's never like that. It's always like a you're always moving pieces of a puzzle, and just accept that that's that's what the game's always always going to be, um, pretty much. Golf's bloody hard. Golf's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, this is a hard question. It's quite a generic question. But someone yesterday said to Rick, what's the goal for YouTube in the next five years in terms of like subscribers or views or whatever it might be, like milestones? One billion subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, like, do you have do you because I always remember hearing about Tiger, I don't know how true this is, but you had like all the the, uh, the numbers of like Jack Nicholson's his wall yeah. and stuff. And it was like, I want to get more majors and more, you know, PJ Tour victories or whatever. Do you, do you kind of have those numbers in your head of, I want to win a major, this many majors, um, this many tournaments, or do you kind of just take year by year? Yeah, I mean, uh, like lifetime goals. I've I've always, uh, you know, for my life, I dream of winning the Open. That's like my um, sort of one event that, like, is the one that I, that I'll always that I'll always want. I think that just comes from me growing up in where I grew up um, and the Open feeling very sort of close to my heart. I think that's always going to be the one tournament that I strive for. If you know, out of everything. Um, of course, I would love to be, you know, a, ma- a major winner. Um, I want to reach my potential, really. I always said I, I would love to be, even if it was for a day or a week, I, w- I would love to be the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I would I would love to feel like I can reach that point. Um, but whether, the, whether my potential is um, fifth in the world or third or whatever, I, I, I don't actually know. But I would love to feel... Um, I think you look towards the end of your career and just feel like um, like I'll be sort of feel a sense of satisfaction that I gave it my all and I like got very close or reached what my um, potential is. But yeah, definitely, you know, you look at biggest events. I want to be, I want to be a major champion, multiple major champion. Um, I want to be at the top of the game and, and um, I keep doing that really. That's, well, well, the good news is, you come on the Rituals Golf Show podcast. Well, this is this is a a goal in itself. Well, like, it's actually a stepping stone. 
to, to I don't I don't like to see this as a stepping stone. I feel like you know that, that doesn't do it. that doesn't do this just this is the top <laughs> of the tree. It's all downhill from here. Like, uh, <laughs> we're, we're good luck charm. I'll tell you what, I've, I've, I'm just, co- can I just ask one quick question? I've got in that obviously winning the open would be an amazing. You've obviously got the ability to do it and wish you all the best and I think you can, obviously. But what would if, if you could have one other which would you pick? Win the open at St Andrews or at Burtdale? Where obviously I'd imagine in Burtdale you're gonna get a lot of home support like you did last time it was um, there. I uh like right off the top of my head, I would say Burtdale, really? which um, I uh, St Andrews is obviously the most unbelievably special place you can win a major. So it sounds daft that I would say like somewhere else, but almost Burtdale is like you know a massively full circle of what I would feel like my golfing life yeah, would have been. So I, I just think it, you know, being able to do it at home and stuff, it it's kind of you know don't really get more special than that That'd for me awesome. like um yeah you'd have all your friends your family i hope so yeah all three of my friends and <laughs> you know my family yeah. well if you need anybody else for the after party he's not looking convinced rick yeah <laughs> yeah tim and <laughs> <laughs> the talent in the room um, I, i'm gonna play a new game brand new game to the show do you, okay. Have you just made it up in yeah, your head, yeah, or do you know what? No, no, well, this, game this could go either way. It's called the word this game. Is good. The word game <laughs> sounds like I'm playing with Frankie now. <laughs> Who's four? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for this? Yeah. Okay. I want I want you to describe what what you think of said words. Like elaborate on them. Okay. <laughs> okay. This will make more sense. Don't worry. Okay. I've not run it past guys. He's looking at me like what the hell? Ride a cup. Uh. I would say Europe off the top of my head would be like the next thing that comes into my mind. If I think about the Ryder Cup, I think about um, what it's like being part of Team Europe, um, being in that team room, um, coming together with your teammates and the backroom staff and the captain and the vice captains and the wives and, um, you know, caddies, like all of everything to do with Team Europe is like amazing. And like I, I said at this time, being in like, uh, team Europe, you know, that room is arguably the best place I've ever been in. Do you love it? Oh, yeah, everybody does. It's um, such an amazing atmosphere and you come together so much as a team. And, um, yeah, like I've been on a, a winning team in a Ryder Cup and a losing team and that actual team atmosphere doesn't, you know, doesn't change at all. It's amazing. On that, on that, captain. Seamus what have you thought about? Um, <laughs> what have you thought about? Um, what what would you ever be one? Oh, like um, I I think it would be an amazing thing to do in uh, your career. Yeah, I hope I get to a point where I've earned um, the respect as a player and a person that the captains that have that have gone before have um, already. Like I would I would love that. Like I've been part of two teams and had two amazing captains and watched what they do i guess yeah I'd, i'm see a long way from that um but i would i would love to feel like i've sort of earned that in my career that would be an amazing thing to do yeah. i feel like the word game's not working <laughs> why i thought you said elaborate on what i'm talking no you about. are but i've run out of words <laughs> no i was gonna i thought it might get a bit repetitive i was gonna then ask you about like the masters for example um <laughs> the masters uh two words Green jacket. Um, I think um, Augusta is uh, 
like a, a definitely a different experience, special experience. The um, what's the word I'm looking for? So so unique. I think everybody obviously watches it. Yeah, every year. So you you feel like when you get there, you know it so well. Um, definitely on hollow turf. Like yeah. it's so difficult to get in. My my first Masters in 2017. I remember I took Tomo. Tomo's you know 70. Yeah. The time been in golf. It's been a professional golf since he was 16, and you know he got there and he's practically in tears because he's like made it to Augusta. Uh, and, yeah. and I think um, yeah, like things like that. There's not many places that give people that not that, at all that feeling and um. Yeah, I think it's a place that you never... I'm certainly still not... Um, you're not fully comfortable, you know, like walking in the clubhouse or... Oh, really? Um, like, it just, like, it, it probably takes a while. I think I've heard Rory maybe say that as well. Like, you never... Um, you almost feel like you never fully, like... Accepted? You know, well, you or? know, like, you walk into a clubhouse with, like, trainers on and yeah, yeah. shirt out and, like, you can actually, you, you can, you can actually do that, but... You always feel like there's something else you should be doing, or there's like, am I, am I getting everything right? Am I doing like, is there a rule that I'm breaking somewhere? Like the something? green coats are looking at you, like yeah, like that, like the, it does have that about it. But that is all part of um, Augusta. Anyway. Do you think your game suits the Masters in Augusta? Um, I I think you know my game or what I expect my game to be. I think it um, suits every golf course really. Yeah. Like that's that that's how I. Um, would strive to be as a golfer, really, I would say, you know, my game suits. There's, there's certain courses that you would probably say are set up for a more left-to-right player, and I would say they're the ones that likely, um, that I don't do as well on. And and the thing is about, you know, you play 30 events a year, there's definitely events where 20th is going to be a really good result for you, and you, have to, and you have to know that, but there's certain courses you go to and you feel like you've got a really good chance of winning, and that's just part of life on tour. Yeah, it'd be so good. Um what was the other one I was going to ask? I had like three words. <laughs> um, just, just. Where was I going with this story next? Can't remember. I was, I was lost in your talk about masters. Then, well, the good news is it looks like it's thawing outside a little bit, does it? <laughs> the green does it. Does it matter? Am I making this up or look a bit better? Still pretty white. It's still now. pretty white. We'll just stay talking for a while. It's going to be like the longest podcast in history. We'll no, get, I think we're what's in the world record for the longest podcast ever? I don't know what the world record We've is. Done it. We're Probably on our world 20, hours. so we're going to wrap it shortly. You know? um, I'll tell you what I, I do want to ask you, actually. Is there a course you've not played yet you'd love to play? I feel like all the ones that you would want to play. Um, like, have you ever played Pine Valley? Yeah. Is it? Because it's like the number one rated golf course in America, isn't it? Yeah, it was cool, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, we went there for like a Walker Cup. Like a, the team went there as like a treat and like a bit of a warm-up thing. Um, probably when you say Pine Valley, I'd like to play Pinehurst. I'd like to see what that's like. I've never played there. Right. Um, there's probably there's probably a bunch of courses that if you'd sort of mentioned them, I'd go, oh yeah, I'd quite like to play it. But the thing is, I'd like... Have you I'd heard that one? Anyway. I want to play that par three course. That Pastures? Uh, not par three course, the short course in try, try and break one over yeah exactly see like i'd like to do something like that there's like um i think, gotta do that I, um, I i know a few people tommy i can make a that's call that's good yeah um we can get you on i um i like golf i would like to play some you know amazingly obscure like golf courses in different parts of the world i would love to i would love to travel and do that like one ever, day you ever heard of cape kidnappers in new zealand yeah no been to new zealand that is, I mean, it's on the front of this book. This is literally a book on the table here. Golf courses of the world, photographed yeah. by David Cannon. That's Cape Kidnappers. 
Yeah, so yeah, that looks like somewhere I, I would enjoy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I would, I would love, to, I would love to do that. Um, you know, travel and play golf courses for fun and see different parts of the world, like that kind of thing. I just don't have that much time on my hands. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's been an hour and a half doing a podcast on here. I could have played two different I said, golf I courses. I said I wanted to carry on talking. I know it's but great. Not at all. We get caught. Off. No, no, not at all. I'm not cut you off. Um, do you think isn't because it's loads of hot topic at the moment? I'm not going to push you on it heavily because it's not time and place. Do you think tour golf is missing something? Because lots of talk and rumours about breakaway leagues, etc. Different things going on. And you have to tie your allegiance to a flag. No, I think. Um, I think you don't know until, like, you know. I, I find I find it hard when um, obviously people get a buzz out of watching the best players play. Yeah, and um, I guess what's being talked about at the moment is they want the best players to, to be playing together more more often. Um, it's a very difficult one without like um, knowing more about it or having anything tried and tested in a way, I think as, um, as touring pros, you know, I, I am amongst when I'm playing European tour pros, PJ tour pros. Um, everybody just wants to play. They want to, um, they want to play and compete. They want, um, you know, stability in, in what they're doing. And Um, when you say stability, is that financial stability? Do you reckon? Um, I, I think having, uh, so I'd say having a schedule that is known, Yes. Here, which has not been the case for the last two years with COVID and everything. So I think, um, you know, it's not like you get a email in May where it says, you know, we've got two new events on, which is great news, but actually we don't know that they're coming. So guys are waiting to see if uh, we've got events okay, coming. Yeah. So it's nice to have like a, a a schedule straight ahead of you where you know, okay, I've got a year where I know I'm going to be playing and I can I can map this out, which I think is really important. Um, financial stability, obviously, is... Um, you know, we play, uh, we're obviously pretty much, I would say 99.9% of us, if not 100% are playing because we're following our dreams as a, as a kid. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, it's also our job now. So like, we have to, we have to make money from it. Um, and I, I've always thought of the game as, um, you, you know, you want to play where you feel like you are still challenging yourself that where you can still get better yeah. Also, where you're happy, really, where you you know you, you sort of feel like you're enjoying yourself. So um, I find it hard to think that golf is missing something, but other sports, you know, come up with different, you know, new formats innovative and, yeah. ideas and formats. Um, so we'll we'll see. I think um, again, it's good that you know, what, whatever is being talked about, I think it's good that golf is being talked about. I, I just always think that any kind of press art is good for the game. And um, if somebody that's never played golf before reads an article on golf, you might go on it balls because of it, then it's great. Like yeah, yeah. I, I love people getting involved in the game. So I think um, any sort of topic of conversation is good. And, um, you know, the truth is nobody, no one has any idea what is going to happen or where golf's going to go. But it's in, a, it's in a strong spot as it is at the moment. Do you feel like it's also forced organisations like the PGA to pull the socks up? Because they've certainly unlocked, only last week, unlocked a ridiculous amount of new money coming into from sponsorship deals, TV rights, that are obviously being, <coughs> I, correctly so, passed more onto the players. Yeah. 
the funds are going up, the this pip thing's going up, the FedEx is going up. Yeah, Tiger Woods has probably just won the pip. I think oh, so. Yeah, I think yeah. he'd already won any hands. Just one post a year, and Tiger's good. Tiger's like, oh, I've got that. Um, um, yeah, obviously, um, you know, PJ Tour have, um, you know, mentioned some new things recently. I think uh, Europe, uh, it's not the European Tour, it's DP World Tour now, um, obviously um, increased sort of the sort of main um, purses of yeah. their events, which everybody was made up about. So um, if you, you know, if you're going to go out, I don't think it matters where you play um, at the moment. If you go out and you play well, you're going to do very well financially. Yeah, yeah, if you um, if you don't play well, then you're not. Um, so like, you know, it's, it's easy to see all these like dollar signs and everything and money. And the fact is, if you don't hit the ball on the fairway and all the putts, then, um, you know, you're going to make just the same as you made the year before by not, by not doing that. So, um, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be great for, you know, the guys that play well. The only thing that I sort of thought of as soon as I saw those pay increases going up and the prize money going up is, and again, you're in a different boat than I am because obviously you're paying for that, playing for that money. I'm not, so I'm looking at it from a slightly different angle. It feels almost a bit like the neglecting other aspects that golf could benefit from growing the game. I know they've, they've they set up <coughs> foundations and things like that, but I feel like yeah. when they're talking about that much money being in, in, increased, like the FedEx going up 15 million or whatever it was, like imagine taking 5 million of that and what you could potentially do in yeah, underprivileged yeah. areas and how you could grow the game. and uh, There's just a part of me that sits and goes, there's probably different yeah, I ways. Mean, I'm, I'm sure, um, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people are like that. I, you know, I, I for one, I'm, you know, a, a massive, you know, I have a massive interest in growing the game. I have the academy and everything and I want, I want that to grow. I, I don't know. Obviously like as a player, you're never going to look at increased purses and go, Oh yeah, you should give that somewhere else. Oh, I know you're like, not. I know um, you're not. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely um, get your point. I, I guess um, you know we play, and again, if we play well, you you get paid incredibly handsomely, and like you don't, um, you know, you're not going to sort of think any other way, and then it's it's your choice what what um, you do with that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether. I guess yeah, like it definitely without grassroots and that bottom end and people getting into golf um you don't get the players that will then go on and um sort of either play for that or it actually interests the kids that will start at grassroots so it's all i think i think it is it's all um it's all a huge cycle and every bit of it is just as important and you know that you know the shoes purses go to such a tiny percentage of the um of the golf world but um I guess it's 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 so difficult that I've actually never been asked about that, and it's kind of difficult, sort of figuring it out in your head when you're like one of the players that well, that that's plays it. for it. A lot but. of the time, I, I read articles on it, but they're not sat in front of the people that are playing the money for it. And I understand, yeah, yeah. I understand if I was playing for that money, I'd be like, yeah, okay, happy days. I'd be yeah. texting all the boys in the WhatsApp group. I'm, I've got, I'm getting my. Does that happen, by the way? No. <laughs> No, fifty million pound uh, more. Yeah. Here we but go. yeah, and, and probably in the, in those articles, you know, it very rarely. Um, there's going to be a winner of that tournament. There's going to be one winner. Yeah, yeah. He's going to get you know that prize fund that people are going to write about and say he's won so and so. But there's going to be sixty people that week that spent ten grand on the week and missed the cut. Yeah, you know, and they'll play the next week and miss the cut, and they'll play the next week and miss the yeah. cut, and um, like 
you know, for more than a plenty more than a handful. Obviously, you know, they, they do amazingly well out of it. And um that that's what we'll get written about, but there's, you know, plenty that make losses and like you kind of um people probably can't get their head around the expenses that golfers will actually of course you know, pay pay for a week. But um yeah, money's getting, you know, bigger and bigger. I think I think there's I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what the amount is, but I, I think there's definitely a, um, sports, sports people, um, you know, definitely, sort of, earn, like, you know, not what, not necessarily what they deserve, but for the, you know, playing in front of thousands for, you know, always being answerable to everything. Um, you look at footballers; footballers get paid a ridiculous amount of money. They get pelters every week at them you know they put their bodies through the mill and everything so there's definitely you know certain sort of amount that's like worth it but yeah the, the thing is money you know there's a lot of money knocking around for guys that do incredibly well and I don't know what the answer is really except for those guys that do it they're going to be very happy what I've always liked about golf to a degree though compared to other sports you go out and earn your money yeah whatever yeah. that money is yeah yeah you're you have to go and earn that mm-hmm. Where football, you just have to turn up. Well, that's the thing. If you have a bad game as a footballer and you're not fit to wear this shirt, they're playing horrendous, but they're on like 80 grand a week. Yeah. A golfer has to be putting in the practice and playing well to yeah. just I mean, to if a footballer gets injured, you're still rocking. I mean, do yeah. they even get a pay cut if they get injured? I don't, unless it's long term, I don't think like, so. I don't know. They don't, do a podcast with one of them and ask them. I will do. <laughs> like, they just chill out, Netflix, like, feet up, whatever, and they're still getting paid. Like, that's what happened with golfers. Does it? Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. injured. Like, I yeah, mean, of course, yeah, It's yeah. L- less likely you're going to get injured, you'd like to think. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Well, injuries still happen, yeah. Like, what's the... There's no back... There's almost no backup, is there? No, I know. I guess um, it's counteracted with, like, sort of, I guess, the expected longevity of a, um, of a golfer's career, in a way. Having said that, um, who knows the way that, you know, you look at, like you say, you're talking about the PJ Tour prize money now. Well, golfers all of a sudden start retiring a bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. You know, you see the guys, I don't know, I, I don't know where the guys ever lose that competitive spirit or, or want or love of playing the game. So, um, we'll see I think also once, once you made ridiculous amounts of money, you're not playing for money, are you really? No, I know, yeah, yeah. Past a certain point. So like retirement probably still wouldn't come down massively because certainly if you've done well in your career, yeah, you're like, well, I'm just playing for just trophies play. now. I'm yeah, playing yeah. for whatever it may be. I never imagine. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, obviously, but when you look at the top 50 in the world, certainly the top top guys, if they a lot of them aren't playing for money. Sure, they're playing for the the PJ Tour wins, the records, the like world ranking points. It's that like wanting to be number one must be more important than the money to most guys. Yeah, I think um, looking at your earnings kind of never goes away. You get a, you get a text you know, at the end of the week telling you what you've earned, so you never kind of miss yeah. it. Like, yeah. It literally just comes up on your phone as a text. Yeah. Because you, is... you get a text, you know, the tour text you with your tea times and everything, and, you know, if there's ever a suspension or things like that, so um, you get a text at the end of it saying you've finished, you know, first and then. And is that net or gross that get text? Well, that's just, that's your earnings. But then you have to take all the tax and stuff off it. Oh, yeah. It'd be like what you yeah, see on the PJ Tour. Yeah, they don't tax it for you. What you see on the PJ Tour website, I guess, or European Tour, it'll be like, sometimes it would first. But well, do they take yeah, a slice it? anyway or not? Let's say first place, million dollars. Yeah. Right? You win. <laughs> yeah. You literally get a text on your phone saying, 
Yeah, that's that's your money that then would get just taxed. one one million dollars just on your phone, just there. Yeah, yeah. It's like when like Billy Horsell won the FedEx, he gets like fifteen million on his phone or whatever. Yeah. Maybe not at the bonus. The bon- You don't get the bonus pool on your phone, but he'll get his... You probably, you actually probably would now because it's one event, isn't it? So you probably would get a text that says you do Do you know one thing, though? And this is, I don't know whether they do this for the, for the prize money. It doesn't make me want to watch more because they're paying for more money. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Like, I, like, whether the FedEx was a million, 10 million, yeah. 15 million. I don't know whether that's because you've always been in the game. Or not? Because I, w- I would say that. I would say I don't really, you know, watch it for the purse. Like, you don't watch the US Open because no, you're interested in the purse or not. But I don't know whether, like, somebody would tune in because the FedEx Cup is advertised as... What do you get for the FedEx Cup? Is it 15? 15, I think. Um, you know, they see it advertised and it's like, you know, 15 million to the winner and like it's coming down to the last nine holes. I don't know whether people would t- tune in because they would see that, I, I guess... Very difficult to answer when you're just interested in the game, of course. And, you're, and you're gonna and you're gonna watch it, isn't it? So I, I would be interested. I don't know what the the numbers would be on that, or whether it has enticed people to watch or, or not. I, I genuinely think, and I said it before about this match. I think genuinely, if I saw two golfers, professional golfers, putting their own money in, if Phil was playing against Tiger, and they both put ten million of their own money in, I feel like I would watch. It would do, you th- do you think? Do you think either of them would like miss ten million? You think they'd like? Well, that, that, that's it. They'd I lose and they'd be like, I don't know what number scares them. I've no idea. What I feel like, them. but even then, it wouldn't be real because all the advertising revenue they're getting from that, they're still it's not out their own bank, is it? They're still going to make ten million. No, quid no, we for... we film it. Right, we're going to put yes, it on the YouTube a... channel. So they actually get nothing. They get nothing, <laughs> and we have two briefcases, ten million each, and at the end of it, shake out. Wait, I come with a better format. This would never happen. But rather than money, right? Bryson and Brooks play each other like they've done, but the loser. Can't play the next year's majors. So you're putting that on the line. Then, then you'd never. Yeah, but happen. what are you gaining out of it? They're gaining that there's something on the line because whoever loses can't play the majors the next year. What's, what's the winner getting? Yeah, what's the winner getting? The fact Pride that you one, can't play the next four majors because I beat you. One less competitor. <laughs> they're getting the fact that it's not as much what the winners gaining, what the losers losing. So it's like if you're that bothered about beating each other, because obviously it's made up for telly. It's not. It's just made up, isn't it? But if you're that actually bothered about beating each other or you think you're going to beat him so much we'll put your next four majors on the line then it's a good brainstorm so with what we said with I have a feeling that's not going to happen no it's like, never going to happen but with, I love, you can push it then. I quite like I said I'm a casual boxing fan because when you get two undefeated fighters you almost can't comprehend that one's going to lose it's like one of you has to lose yeah. someone's always got to go as you always hear and at the end somebody loses it's like when obviously the first um, someone's always got to go is that what you're saying that? yeah sounds rude um, <laughs> sounds <funny. laughs> <Someone's, laughs> no but then obviously someone like, it's like so much is on the line but with two random golf well not two golfers playing randomly for 12 holes it's like it doesn't mean anything like no one's bothered Bryson's got a better world ranking uh, and, agree, and Brooks yeah. has got more majors. So at the end of it, they've still both got bragging rights. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But if you're saying you can't play the next four majors next year, you're like, shit, I don't want to lose this match. Yeah, yeah I agree. I'm not sure what, like how bothered either of them would, were about like winning a 12 hole match. But no. Have you played with Bryson much? A bit, yeah. When he, since he was been like an absolute bomber, have you played with him? Yeah, played him in the match play this year. Uh, played him in the Ryder Cup. Oh, yeah, of course. Is, he, just mad. is he interesting? Uh, in what sense like I'm asking that I like question. him I, from what I see I, I, he's got obviously I, I really like yeah, watching his YouTube it, channel I think, I think he's I think he's um, I think he's good I think he's good for the game I think obviously he um, 
you know, attracts different attention as well um, in terms of, like, people being interested in what he's doing. Um, Again, like, an incredibly hard worker um, Mm. and an amazing passion for the game. A great player on top of it. Um, You know, and and yeah, it's a a very long way. Like, how far past you, roughly? Um, Yeah, like, a good... You know, he's you know easily probably on average thirty probably. And un- and, is that uncomfortable then, you know, um, for you? I really know. Can't can't hit it past him, so there's no point trying. So um, you just sort of you just you just you just play your game. Um, and the other thing is, you know, he, you know he's hitting it miles. He's he's an incredible putter. I think you know that probably gets mm-hmm. missed in his game. Definitely. Um, but also, like you know, he's hitting it that far past everyone. Um, it's easy to think because he does that, like it, it's very hard to beat him. But he doesn't win every week, of no. course not. Like so, you know, it still you you have to sort of sort of leave that part of your mind to say just play your game, you know. And if you and it's the same with everybody. Everybody's got different strengths, you know. You play with guys that don't miss putts. Um, that that's equally as, um. You know, when when a guy doesn't miss a putt from inside ten feet, you know, one of you know the best putters in the world. That's that's equally as like, you know, the other end of the spectrum in that is like you're watching them. You're like, I didn't miss a putt. Just missed me third five foot in a row. <laughs> um, like so, so you, everybody's got different strengths. There's guys that get an iron in the hand, and you know that it's going to be a good shot on that. And you just have to play your game and get your score out of it. And some weeks it's good enough, and some weeks it's not. That's the thing. Like, there's so many parts to, to golf, obviously, from oh. driving, chipping, iron play, whatever yeah, it might be put in. Skill, like, but exactly. But driving's the one that sells on Instagram and gets people yeah. non-golfers excited. Oh, it's, it's amazing to watch. Yeah. So that's why it gets so much. Like you said, his golf swing's got better because of it as well. Yeah, it's it better than ever. Now, I, I must admit, like I do get excited to watch him hit a drive. Like it's just I can't comprehend. I was going to hit the middle of the face, and most often hits it fairly yeah. straight. It's just crazy. Yeah, like stuff like you know, it's very rare that you get. Um, you remember at Bay Hill this year, and like it's everybody ridiculous. just wanted him to get to the fifth, uh, sixth, sixth. Uh, the sixth tee, par five. Like, but you very rarely get that. Like in golf, where people are like literally waiting for one guy to get on the tee to see what he's going to do. So um, he's obviously adding a, another element to golf, and he's and he's doing he's doing great at that. Are there any guy? Obviously, there's you guys all flush it clearly at that level. You hear people say about how when you see Tiger and stuff, it's like it's sometimes different sound. Is there any guys that you've played with or been around that do have that word like you all flush it, but they're just sometimes for whatever reason a different level, or is it just a kind of once you get to that top fifty in the world, whatever everyone just kills um, it? I on a on a consistent basis, um, you know, it's it's hard to get. It's probably hard for one person to stand out in sound, mm-hmm. like in terms of strike. Um, when you get to a level where there's so many that strike the ball really, really well. I do think on a consistent level, Sergio's ball striking and his driving is like off the charts, like how good he is. Yeah. Um, but, there's, you know, there's 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 a lot of guys that, that are obviously so good at um, so many aspects. I, I do think, you know, seeing, seeing Bryson's ball come off the driver and seeing how that goes is amazingly impressive. If you get the chance to watch Rory hit a driver, um, just as impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in, an incredible driver of the golf ball. I just have to bring that mic a tiny bit closer, Tommy, sorry. It's getting further and further away. I apologise. I've started relaxing. I started <laughs> getting hot and relaxing. But yeah, Rory, um, 
you know, like if you watch him at a driver, like and the speed that he creates, amazing. But I, yeah, I think you know Sergio for the ability that he has to just stand up. You know, he could walk out this room now and plunk a three iron down off the path, stripe it, and it and it flush it. And I, th- I just think like, and you know, his swings never changed. Yeah, you know, he d- he doesn't need to practice it loads. Um, like you know, for that, like you know, he impresses me so much. A swing's really not changed, has it much? No, it considering really, really how hasn't. fluid fluid it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's an amazing athlete. Um, you know, so good at a lot of other sports and. Again, like just you know, stands up and the way he hits a golf ball. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, we've got some quick fire questions, haven't we? Yeah, we have, and I've got them ready no, now. And then, we'll, and then we'll start to wrap it. No worries. <laughs> Who's the best Chris- putter? Christmas wrapping? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best putter then you've played with? You mentioned it. Um, Who's the guys that stand out? I think, like? um, obviously, uh, Jordan Spieth or um, I think Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, I played with um. Denny McCarthy, he lead, he like leads the putting stats loads on the PJ Tour, doesn't he? And he oh, right. he's um he's a mega putter, yeah. Really, he, he put it lovely. Like the, definitely um some of those guys that that I think their speed control and the way they roll the ball like at the hole, like and even you know you you don't hole every putt, but um what you know they hit some in soft, they hit some in like firm putts that miss just like burn the edge and go like perfect pace and like seeing those guys hit putts is um you know again equally as impressive just in a different way can you almost see it like a better role can you almost appreciate yeah. it or is it hard to kind um, of see no i think you can you can definitely determine like a better role to the guys that don't roll it as yeah. good for sure um but yeah some guys just um get on a green they look so comfy they get so into the putt they read the green so well and then <clears throat> You know, being able to hit a, I see Spieth do it all the time where he like hits a six footer that dies in the front edge, like, and then you know he'll get next all five footer rattles you know, it, rattle it in and stuff like that. If you to build, <coughs> by you obviously, but build me the perfect golfer, driving. Oh, just Tiger Woods. That's it. Every <laughs> every category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take um, Tiger out of it. <laughs> um, I would I would say um. So nothing to do with Tiger. Well, would you genuinely put him? Would you yeah. genuinely put him in every category? Um, no, I would have Rory driving the golf ball over Tiger. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I in play. Tiger. Yeah. I'm going to go wedges, but not chipping like um, hundred yards to okay, like twenty yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I would uh, probably like. Any period of any golfer. Like no, let's any go time. current. Let's go current. Could, yeah. Um, still Tiger with his irons. Um, um, probably. It it would either be I think Jordan is an amazing wedge player. I like the way it's his wedges. Zach Johnson obviously is um, yeah. one of the people that's really impressed me with his wedges, his ball flight control, and everything. So um, yeah, maybe him. DJ or DJ's great. DJ's great with his wedges but again. Zach probably one of them. I would say so. Yeah, like, yeah. If I was Out of interest, who would you have put in from yesteryear then? In that, I would have added Thomas Bjorn from about like when he was in his prime in Wedges. Really? Yeah. Unreal. <clears throat> yeah, he was. Yeah. So then, short game around the green, excluding bunkers. Um, Mickelson. Yeah. Yeah. Just for every cat, for uh, every shot that you can play. Uh, yeah. On a on a 
Yeah, I would have a lot of trust in Mickelson getting up and down for me, yeah. Bunkers? Um, Greenside? Yeah. F- Phil, Justin Rose. I'd throw myself in there. Jason Day used to get a lot of good... People say his bunker place would be really good a couple of years ago. Yeah. I that quite a lot. Yeah. But you like bunkers? Um, yeah, I feel comfortable in a bunker, yeah. If you're hitting into a par four and you miss the green, would you rather be in a bunker than not in the, not in the bunker? From 20 yeah, yards uh, off? Yeah. You would. Um, putting? Um, I'm going to ask it two category, okay? Yeah. Give me a guy for just general best putter. And then I want somebody for like, Clutch, I think I probably know the answer for clutch, but like for well, Tiger for clutch, it's gotta be, so. it? got be Tiger for clutch, yeah. isn't it? Um, I think if you, if you <clears throat> literally now walked out, probably not on those greens right now because they're still frosty, but if you had to literally give somebody a putter to hold a six foot putt to save your bloody life, you're surely you're giving it to Tiger there, uh, yeah. Unless would you do it yourself over Tiger? Might like my life to be in my own hands, but um, <laughs> Tiger misses it. Uh, Sorry, Fitzpatrick would be <laughs> very shot. high up in my choices. In clutch, oh, or just general putting now. Uh, both, but I'll I'll go. I'll, obviously, it's hard to not not pick Tiger, of yeah, course, in uh, in a clutch situation. Um, obviously, I think Jack Nicklaus looked unbelievable in clutch putts as well. Uh, if you're going yesteryears, but I'd say Tiger um, for clutch. Yeah, clutch um, or Spieth. You know, Spieth. Um, He's held his fair share. He's held his fair share when he needed to. Um, <laughs> Fitzpatrick, amazing putter. Nice, I like that. So the quick fire questions have been a success, but not. So we put it out, we have a Facebook group, right, with like 60,000 members in. The post that you were coming on has absolutely killed it. So 131 comments in like a couple of hours. There you go. It's funny, isn't it? You know, when you talk about like golfers, when you have to pick categories, it's like John Rahm is like the best golfer in the world at the moment, yeah. clearly. And then like you just sort of pick players and like I haven't put him in a category. Um and you're like, can't believe I've not put John yeah, Rahm in a category. True. I've not put DJ in a category. It's weird. But everyone you mentioned also is not... I think the only one there that would maybe surprise people is maybe Fitzpatrick with putting. Yeah, if they watch him put, it wouldn't. <laughs> like, he's, uh, in what way? Just a phenomenal putter. But, but as in like, I feel like people... Like we spoke, obviously we had Phil on the podcast a few weeks ago and he was praising Matt's putting as well as yours. But like... I feel like the general golf viewer would never really get a chance to see how good Matt is at putting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Maybe, I, mainly because they show um, the Americans at the top of the leaderboard, but as in like... Well, and I, I also think, I don't know, sometimes it comes on to putting, and unless you're all in a bunch of 20-footers, I think people just expect well, you to it. make a yeah, six-footer. If he puts a 30-footer with loads of slope and grain that we can't really see, and he yeah. puts it to like tapping distance... That's not a yeah. sexy shot for the telly. Yeah, is it? but also you know, like six, seven footers holding those. Like people, you know, on TV, you don't really think that's true. much of it. Like you just think, no, it's just holding. But he just holds it for days. Yeah, it's just such a you know very solid. Yeah. But John Rahm, like I say, in every category, it, it's phenomenal f- golfer, the best golfer in the world. Colin Marikawa. I mean, he. To be fair, like you know, it's not Tiger. I've heard this. Um, He's pretty. That's where he's like the comparables are really similar. Yeah, yeah. So, so like you know, there's obviously I would if you said not Tiger, I'm I'm biased towards Tiger because having seen him play at his best as well, like it's hard. You know, you don't. um, Did you uh, did you happen to have some sneaky time with some of these players recently? By the way, oh yeah, potentially up close and personal. (laughs) Was was TW? No, he wasn't present. Oh. 
Just wanted to know. <laughs> well, that's so the face <laughs> the Facebook questions we had a lot. Good news and bad news. Mm. We've actually covered a lot of them within this. There was a lot of people saying, "Not got a question for Tommy, but just telling him I absolutely love him," which was really nice. That's and the, then a lot of people. This was kind of like from your mum. Quite good banter, but got quite. The there was a lot of banter, but got a bit stale after like the tenth time. So people said, "Love is her. What shampoo does he use?" Literally, the amount of people that have asked you that must is, get really annoyed that question. It's like ridiculous. So yeah, and people don't believe me anyway when I answer. Well, let's say the answer then. Just to just I don't use, even want to know. Just use any. Just use any. Yeah, it does look really good. Um. But one question, I, one question that we kind of had on here, which how was, much would you cut it for? Would you cut it for charity? Off. Oh yeah. And uh, what's the number? Uh, we'd we'd have to talk negotiate. about it and negotiate for charity. <laughs> could yeah, be good parts of the video. Could have the video. Shave it off for charity, of course. Um, one of the questions we had was, "What's your favourite club in the bag right now?" And obviously, when was it you moved to TaylorMade? Was it last year, the year before? Uh, last year was my first full year with TaylorMade. So yeah, you as in being a. Yeah, an ambassador and, and stuff. So. You yeah. you were a full Nike player, obviously for years. Then you kind of went mixed bag, and then you went to obviously all one brand again. So, kind of two questions: What's your favorite club in the bag right now, and how have you found that transition from kind of a, a free agent, if you like, using bits and bats, then going to all one brand? Favorite club in the bag, Sevenwood. Nice, um, be beautiful club, Sevenwood. Um, Was it a sim two? Yeah, yeah, just yeah. It's been great club. Um, like it, like the game slightly changed. I always used to have four wedges, um, and I had that I had that blue Nike five wood that was uh, yeah. You had that amazing. long time. Uh, even Tiger told me it was a really good club, so I was like, <laughs> keeping the blue five wood. Um, eventually, it cracked, so that was that was gone. But uh, I had a really playable five wood, and then um, I was never that good at chipping, so I had four wedges just to make it easier. But then um, as time went on, courses obviously got a bit longer and stuff, and I ended up having. I always had like 230, 240 into a par five and you're like, you've either got to hit a massive cut with a five would depend on what the miss is or hook a four and it was just, it ended up taking a wedge out because I was getting, you know, much, much, much better short game, much, much better wedge player and putting a seven wood in and it's been a great club. Um, the transition, um, so many positives about it. I, you know, for, for such a long time, you kind of forget what it's like having a team of people around you that actually are there for your clubs um, that are constantly looking at the numbers, constantly watching you hit them, constantly thinking what's best for you, um, how they can tweak things. And it's like, um, you know, and, and obviously can't do enough for you. The guys are amazing at what they do. And I, I massively have enjoyed that. And it's been um, a great addition to sort of my life out on tour and everything. Very, very, um, you do, you do, you know, those fill, you know, the content that you do with TaylorMade. So getting to hang out with the guys that you get to hang out with motivational, inspirational and amazing bunch of players that they have um, on the books and, you know, you get to be one of them. And, um, yeah, I, I guess it's just, um, again, like a, it's a constant there that's, you know, I y y your clubs are kind of settled. You're not sort of trying all kinds of different manufacturers, which I absolutely massively enjoy. I would do that. I would do that for a living I would just try clubs like I, I like it in golf clubs and it's funny that, so. you say that <laughs> that's um, what I get to do <laughs> um, you know I, I enjoy that but definitely TaylorMade have been phenomenal and sort of love having that partnership and you get to be on the Christmas card get to be on the Christmas card as well Were it's good to give a Christmas card to millions of people it is I must admit you know you've just said something there I've we had this chat last week when Brooks Koepka signed restriction and we had this chat about is it good for a player to be free agent or signed with a, a manufacturer? And to be yeah. honest, you've just said something in that first sentence that I've never thought I mean, of. The team. That are looking at your numbers all yeah. the time. 
and and a and a almost they're coming up with suggestions potentially, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. I've honestly never thought about mm. that. I've never once even because I'm guessing you work with Adrian. Yeah. I've never once thought that almost you have like a mechanic there. Well, absolutely. To yeah, always like, be looking at your yeah, tire yeah. pressure, mm. that you've got the right oil. That you yeah, they're always checking your clubs. They're always making sure the right right lofts and lies, um, shafts, grips. Um, you know, the weighting in your driver. They're looking at stats that you produce at week in week out. They have your swing speeds. They have your club speeds. They have your ball speeds. Um, they're looking at everything, and it's like I mean, you think about a lot of them things yourself as a golfer, or you, what you do more is you feel how you're hitting it. You see the shots, and you say. Don't know whether it's my swing or or this, but they they have all that right there, and they um they are constantly there, um ready to talk to you about it, give you suggestions, tweak something if it needs tweaking, um checkups and that. So it's um you know it's a, it's a massive help. I just have I, since you just said that it's something I hadn't well even I d- I, d- about. I didn't even think about it to be honest until it was happening. You know yeah. like, I've actually uh, been very f- pro free agent. To be honest, yeah, because I don't believe personally that one brand can do every single category perfect for that player. Yeah, it's just a very hard task. But yeah, absolutely, yeah. What you've just said there, and that's why a lot of contracts are fourteen clubs. Yeah. Oh, sorry, twelve clubs. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Because you can have the option of having. Well, a, there's there's always a somebody that loves the putter, or, or you yeah. know, loves a lob wedge, or they have a five wood that they don't want to, you know, get rid of or whatever. But that first line just made me think. God, yeah, that that yeah, unbelievable. I, yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense that I hadn't even thought about. You've got, like I say, you've almost got a club mechanic there all the time that's just making sure everything in that bag is perfect for you to go and do your job. I think we will genuinely start to wrap it because if the golf course is open, which I hope it is, we'll need to be teeing off very soon. Well, you need to be teeing Um, off very soon. Thank you, Tommy. That was really good. Awesome. Did you enjoy it? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me know know how it goes. Let me know if people listen. You you were present. People (laughs) will listen. (laughs) Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? I like to, I like talking about the game. Yeah, I do. I uh you know, I enjoy the game, love the game. Um and yeah, I'll talk about golf whenever you want, no worries. That just down that camera if you can just say you love the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. No, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks Tom. Um yeah. <laughs> that was a pleasure. And, I even uh, got I even got a Tom he at did. the end there. Let's see how close we've got after an hour and twenty minutes That's talking about the podcast. Two hours, hours we got two. Did we? Yeah. Um, nobody's gonna listen for two hours. You'll have to cut it. If somebody's <laughs> listening right now. Somebody's made it to the end of this podcast. What then, should what should know, they tweet you? Then it's been a very long journey. <laughs> like, go, you know, go, and tw- journey. go and tweet or put a comment on uh, Tommy's Instagram. Yeah, Hashtag please. thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> if this gets traction. Then <laughs> right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. Again, thanks, class. team behind. Thank uh, thanks, JCB. And hopefully we'll get on the golf course soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.